Welcome back, everyone, to the Chip Lunch Podcast. And it is a special podcast today because we've got three co-hosts. Is that what we call it? Yeah. Are we three. all... The OG three. Are you the host? And then there's... Uh, the You're the co-host, and myself yeah. and, yep. and, and mum are co-hosts. Who? Mum? <laughs> Who's mum? Well, mum hasn't been introduced yet. Yeah, so, I know, because I was so trying to I get the right intro. And you're like, You're the about one talking mom? about the three co-hosts, so I just assumed. No, I was going to say welcome to the three co-hosts. Well, welcome to me. Welcome to Brayden. <laughs> welcome to Brayden and to Ethan. Why are we... Should we announce why we're all on the podcast together? Go for it. Three. We're finally not busy. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one. It's episode... 100. 100! Of the Chip Lunch podcast. And to celebrate episode 100, we decided to get... <laughs> I was trying to think of what the intro could be, and it's like, you know those awful sayings like, behind every good man, there's a good woman. Because <laughs> we were originally thinking about getting Stu on episode 100, but we thought... Hang on a second. There's a better story to tell. <laughs> yes, that's right. Louise Crawshaw, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Can I just say, I am not worthy uh, to be you are. number 100, but thank you for, uh, for inviting me to be number 100. No, thank you Exciting. for coming. Thank you for coming on, making time to come on. And uh, you, have, you seem very well prepared, very conscientious, <laughs> as, as, you, as you said, because you brought notes. Was that about, have you brought notes on us? I remember when you said this back in 2019, Joel, and that's when I thought, hmm. Well, actually, episode 22. (laughs) Yeah, oh, that's Sandy. Because Sandy's into everyone and recorded everyone's chip preferences. Oh, wow. wow. Mm. Yes, I thought about that. Now, uh, Lou, uh, we should also say why we're here. Because you are, you are, we are bordered by orange and green. <laughs> so, so much orange on the, and so much green. On the, uh, it's it's on the Patrick's Day, <laughs> obviously. Uh, yes, uh, you chose the green, but you chose an orange cup. <laughs> very, very well done um, f- uh, fitting in. But uh, we're here at Miranda Congregational Church because mm. we're having our staff meeting here today. <laughs> so we thought we'll record here for the special episode 100. It's very celebratory. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on the on the day call, Ethan? Um, for those who are watching online, uh, mm. you'll notice that uh, Eck has a sudden superpower uh, in it's called green screen. Uh, <laughs> and uh, funnily enough, green screen uh, for everybody's information doesn't just work on green; it could work on orange as well. Uh, it's just block colours, and so if he wanted to, he could have like a I don't know a dragon Ooh. or like a big. Um, like a field behind us or something along those lines. Um, I don't know if that'll happen, but um, I think it hopefully will. We're wow, this, geez, the party's sirens. gone off. There's sirens. <laughs> they're, coming, they're, coming for, they're coming for you, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or they've seen Lou's notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. It was all, they all. Well, very, maybe very as we go through the cremated. podcast, sometimes when uh, we talk about something in particular, Eck puts up the video. You can put it up as the background tonight. You can put it today. up as the background. Lovely. Brayden, you haven't said anything. Why don't uh-huh. you, why didn't, why didn't you ask Lou the opening question? Ah, yes, yes. It would be my pleasure. <laughs> Lou, yes. um, how do you like your hot chips? Well, I like my hot chips with, um, um, <laughs> um, with salt and with chicken salt <sighs> and oh, with yes. gravy. Ooh. So did you say, are you saying both salts? Yeah. yeah. Well, see, because what happens That's is salting. that Stuart likes normal salt mm. and I like chicken salt mm-hmm. and so sometimes I have been known to order a box 
and I'll say, can you put, can you have half of salt oh. on one and half of chicken salt on the other? Wow. And um, yeah, and it comes. So I feel like I'm kind of getting, I'm getting both, and it's really quite mm. very nice. <laughs> but the gravy is particularly special. Mm, I'm, yeah. I know that you've had people that have said yes to gravy, um, but there are some special places that I, that that I've had gravy on that make it that I don't think they do it anymore because one's gummy tafe and um and I don't think they have a cafeteria at gummy tafe anymore oh don't they uh and um I would imagine that they wouldn't and um, the other one is Sydney Children's Hospital the gravy the, the chips and gravy at Sydney Children's Hospital goes off it's really <laughs> it's excellent yes yeah. that's really good yeah. that's cool yeah. uh I don't think we've ever had anyone with a half and a half huh? right so that's pretty cool for episode 100. Is there a difference bringing, between... Bringing everyone together. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Unified. Very yeah. unity. Yeah, all about unity. Uh, <laughs> oh, is there a difference in gravies? Because I don't like gravy. Yeah. You can, you can get gravy wrong. Yeah, there's massive differences in gravy. Yeah, heaps. Like what though? There's, there's, you can get chunky gravy. You can get gravy that's too watery. You can get gravy with mushrooms in it. You can get gravy with... Um, that's all I got. Actually, they're the only options. That's a lot of gravy, though. Um, Ones that are salty. Yeah, there's salty gravy. I particularly like so, uh, chicken salt with gravy that's really salty mm. on top. Oh, special delivery. Thank you, Jai. Come in. Thank you, Jai. You're amazing. Thanks, Jai. At the end of the rainbow, you'll find Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> is that what the cup says? That's exactly what it says. How good is that? That's awesome. Uh, Cheers. The cameos keep going. What, do, what teas do we have here, anyway? You've got your that's Yeti. That's coffee. That's coffee. Special yeah. coffee or just normal coffee? Ah, uh, just cold brew that I make and leave in a big thing in the fridge. Oh, disperse throughout the week. There you go. And you, you had a tea. got a Melbourne breakfast that tastes like Fiji. Melbourne <laughs> <laughs> Fiji breakfast. Fiji breakfast. <laughs> it's because of the end of the rainbow. <laughs> yep. And what did, did you have a tea as well? I've got instant coffee. Oh, but um, but I like instant coffee. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything. Oh. You got know, to get a cup, Joel. Well, I don't drink hot drinks really. What a shame. That's the problem. Yep. Uh, Ethan, would you oh, like I, have, I have a question before we ask yes. the other question. One, one um, B. Do I call you Lou up until you give birth to me? <laughs> <laughs> like like pre, pre-1998, you're just Lou. And then, and then post-1998, you're mum. Like, is that, what are we? You can do whatever you want, darling. All right, I'll mum the whole time. We'll, do, we'll, we'll stick with that. It'll be, it'll be easier. That was such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had that before either. Yes, exactly. It's That's very really true. Um, episode 100. Episode 100. A whole, whole bunch of new stuff. We're keeping it fresh. Um, something we do do every time is, yes. Mum, how did you become a Christian? Oh, I thought I was going to ask a question about um, where I, um, is there a moment that you eat your chips that's special? Oh, Sorry. skipping. <coughs> Let's do that. I like that. Uh, excuse me, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Just before we get on to the main question, uh, is there... <laughs> is there a particular place or memory you have associated with eating hot chips? Oh, gee, John, I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> um, is that because you wrote it down? <laughs> no, it's just something I thought about. Oh, and lovely. it was actually to do with Ethan. Oh, so cool. I think that um, it was a Porto's um, down at Cronulla. At, is it South Cronulla, right opposite yep. of Porto's? Mm. And, uh, and Ethan being, I don't know, 18 months or something, sitting on the grass there overlooking the beach eating a Porto's mm-hmm. um, yeah great great memories of that's that. lovely so, yeah 
Mm. That's very wholesome. So this was last week? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just go down to the beach and have a portos. <laughs> that would be pretty I cool. I actually would love to. That, that would yeah. be nice. <laughs> yeah. Maybe after the podcast, we'll go down to the beach. Yeah, and get it's a like that thing of like, have you called your mother? Have you yeah. gone <laughs> to South Cornella Beach and had hot chips and a porto <laughs> with your mother? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. I haven't yet. Mm. We'll, have to, we'll, have to, we'll have to make a day of it. We will. Be good. <laughs> so, Mum, how do you become a Christian? <laughs> Uh, Is well, it a funny story? Like no, no, I'm just story. laughing my way through that quick, <laughs> okay. that, that previous moment. Sorry, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's let Lou actually answer the question. No, it's not funny. Um, but it's not unfunny either. Um, I became Christian um, when somebody at a band night uh, talked to me about Jesus. And uh, so the first um, night, so it was a, a band night down at Cronulla Anglican Church. It was called The Rock and it was every year. It was kind of like a mission, um, beach mission, I guess, but it was at, in, the, in the Elephant House. It was, it was pretty massive, like there were hundreds of kids that would go down there um, every January. And so I was invited, heard the gospel one night and didn't think it was for me. And then I came back the next night uh, and um, somebody else told me the gospel and I decided that it was for me. <laughs> second <laughs> second time within job. the 24 hours. Um, and um, yeah, but I, I it, it wasn't like that was the, you know, the, the, the only time that, um, it was probably the only time I'd heard the gospel, I guess. Uh, but God had been preparing me for that moment for many years. So I grew up um, not in a Christian family. Um, my dad was a socialist, I would say. Uh, he was uh, he was born in the twenties. Um, he fought in World War Two. Uh, he was so he was um, in in the, in the UK. So there was a socialist movement in the UK, maybe against um, in in reaction to to Nazism, perhaps. But um, but he he was quite. Pol- political in, in, in that way. Uh, he was from a military family, uh, so all of his parent or his, his father was a professional uh, soldier, fought in the Boer War, World War One, Home Guard. My dad actually grew up in the Queen's Park, so my, my grandfather was, um, you know, he looked after, he was a gatekeeper, so that's what they did for, he was a, he, he retired as a sergeant major and he was, you know, apparently a great big six foot five man, <laughs> um, my grandfather. Anyway, so that's how my father my father grew up and um, whereas my mother was a um, she was brought up as a Catholic she was pretty nominal in that she didn't go to church but what she did do is she went to the Church of Christ uh, from time to time I understand at Caring Bar and my only my memory of going to Sunday school was that I was in a play and I was an hmm. elephant <laughs> and I remember I'm assuming it was like Noah's Ark I guess okay, is yeah. why it's you'd be like you an elephant sheep or shepherd <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. no with the elephant as well <laughs> I remember like <laughs> <It> gets left <laughs> out <laughs> Jesus in the manger with the elephant <laughs> <laughs> that's right and I remember putting 20 cents in the plate as it was going around so I assume I must have been going for a while because I don't think that they ask you know, somebody who's there just wants to be an elephant in a play. Mm. That's kind of my thinking. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I must have gone to Sunday school. and uh, and But my father didn't want my mum to go to church. And so they didn't go to church anymore. And I used to go to Catholic scripture. And my I had a very eccentric aunt, um, Auntie Allie. And she um, gave me some rosary beads once. And we went to Mass. And I remember asking my mum... We didn't go to Mass. We went to a church. 
<laughs> they pointed, that's where they do mass. <laughs> they were nominal. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, but they bought me these, you know, pretty pink rosary beads. And um, they said that, and I said, well, mum, you know, my f- friends in um, scripture are getting confirmed and having their first Holy Communion. And she said, and I said, well, you know, why aren't I doing that? And she said, well, I want you to make your own decision mm. um, when, when, when the time's right for mm. you. So when my aunt, Auntie Ali, gave me these rosary beads, I worked out what you do with it. And I was able to, because I'm quite conscientious, I was able to do it within 20 minutes. And um, so, because the rosary beads is, is a pattern, you say Hail Mary's and you say Our Father and you, you do that. And I was also told to read the Bible and that's a good thing. So I had this, found this big, thick children's Bible that we had around the house. And so I, I read that because that's what somebody told me that that's what you do. Mm. You read the Bible. So I felt like by the time as a kid in year nine, um, and I heard the gospel, God had prepared me for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so whilst I feel like it was brand new, it wasn't brand new. God was just kind of, you know, had these lovely points of prep- preparation for me so that it was, um, yeah, I had some you know, good soil in which mm-hmm. that message landed. I have to plant the seed. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what a, that moment at the rock were you just like, I am a Christian? Or were you like, oh, now I'm starting to get this? No, no, I am a Christian. Mm, that's pretty cool. Yep. And like you said, because you've been prepared yep. for that. Okay. Yep. And yep. what do you think changed from that moment? Yeah. Um, I my, my Certainly in terms of, you know, I wasn't a, a naughty kid. Um, I was a good kid. And um, I was, you know, okay at school. And um, I certainly didn't, didn't rebel. And... Um, but what I was doing is I was just living a normal, you know, kid's life. I went to Willowa High School and mm. uh, we, um, you know, it wasn't really fancy. But um, so I think my language certainly changed. Um, I was a bit, bit of a swear bear. And, and I think what I did... That's totally t- me too, by the way. <laughs> so, <keep> <laughs> so, you know, that's a, that's a massive memory. Oh, um, and... My passion changed. Like I remember uh, actually not really having really any passion and, um, you know, just living life But um, as, a, as a teenager. But um, I became immersed in, in church all of a sudden. And uh, so you know, I remember riding my – I used to ride my bike to school and I'd be singing – I had one song that I knew because I'd just become a Christian and it was <laughs> This Is The Day. Like it's, I'm not going to sing it, mm-hmm. but this is the day. This is, and I would sing that on my way from, you know, I lived on Barony Bay Road, on Barony Bay Road down to Willoware High School, um, and I'd sing that song. And, and then you know, I'd started to, to be involved in youth group and, and, um, and lead Sunday school. And, um, you know, as time went by, oh, I, pl- I learned to play guitar because that's just what you do. So I had like four well, this chords. This is a new skill that I didn't know you had. Oh, really? Yeah. Because hmm. yeah. um, <laughs> it was... I, so going to a small church was Cronulla Baptist because they're the, the, the girls that prayed with me. That was their church. And, and um, so I learned to play guitar and I played guitar up the front of church. Um, actually, when Stuart first met me, I was playing guitar at the front of church. Well, when he, when he came back to mm. visit me. And um, I led, uh, I don't know, I put my hand up to, to run youth nights with Christian surfers that came to our church. And, um, and actually one night... Um, I think I was all of 17 by then, maybe in year 11, like equivalent of year 11, because I didn't do year 11. Um, I ran a band night 
and um, for the you know for the Shire um, at the YMCA and. Um, <laughs> as you do as a 17 year old I think we broke it was evangelist yeah, evangelistic yeah. night and um yeah I remember there was posters around the around the shire like I don't know probably not many but um <laughs> like cool. I don't think I had access to to the printing <laughs> but yeah I yeah I became passionate about that mm, and that's what that's I awesome. did were you looking for something to be passionate about though I don't think so okay no I don't think so I think it was God was... He's something to be passionate about. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I was... And I saw that it was something that was really important and that's what I, you know, put my efforts into. Do you remember what brought you to being at Cronulla, being yeah, at the Rock? Like, did someone really invite you or just yeah, going along? I was... I think it was a, it was a girlfriend that I met, um, that I had when I was in um, um, a kindergarten. Oh. Mm. I think her name was Avril Mealy. And, um, yeah, she... We haven't seen each other for a long time. I've no <laughs> idea. If, if you're listening, Avril, reach out. <laughs> um, yeah. So she was a, a friend of mine from Burrowing Bay Primary School, and um, yeah, she invited me. So you went to Burrowing Bay too? I did. As did I. As did Sidey, I think, yes. and someone else. But you yeah, know, it's the, it's the place to go. Illustrious <laughs> alumni. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Did you ever get called the Burrowing Bay bum suckers? <laughs> okay. What? That's what we got called. That's what at like athletics carnivals and stuff, like at district athletics carnivals. That's what we got Maybe called. That was just you. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> Ethan's. That really affected Ethan. That joke. That well, it wasn't a joke. It was just the truth. Oh my goodness gracious me! It's just so primary school. Hey, it was really wholesome until then. <laughs> It's still awesome. Oh, I said wholesome. wholesome. Oh, wholesome! I thought you said it was awesome until Joel said that. <laughs> so. You just said that you didn't f- do year 11 though. Yeah. So did you finish in year 10? Yeah. Oh, what was yeah. the thoughts behind that? Yeah. So um, mum and dad were trade. well, dad was a tradesperson. He worked at Qantas. Um, he was a ground engineer. Um, my mum was a bookkeeper. So um, there was certainly no th- um, aspiration for us, for my brother and I. So my brother, um, he was became a tradesperson as well. So he left U10, uh, he's two years older than me. Uh, he became a ground engineer as well. And uh, so and so it was thought that um, that's what I would do as well. Uh, and uh, so in year 10, I started looking for, um, looking for a job myself. Uh, worked in bank, I applied for jobs in the bank, got a job at the state bank. And um, at Cronulla, and so I remember finishing Willowhead High. I think I was, you know, out of what? How many kids are in a in a year? Hundred, two hundred. Like I was, you know, number eight in English. Like I like the the teachers were like, "Why are you leaving school?" Mm. And um, but it wasn't even a thought that I would continue. Mm. Uh, and um, okay. Anyway, so I decided that I wanted to be an accountant. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. They are really useful for us. Um, (laughs) 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 Because I was so good at maths. Anyway, so I must have thought it was a very respectable occupation and that's what Mm. I should do. It is a respected occupation. It is. It is very respectable. Mm. So um, I decided that, and maybe it could be to do with the fact that I was working in the bank, um, but like I was a a 15-year-old 
girl working in the bank um, and then I was quickly promoted to be a teller and so it was um, you know quite a lot of responsibility to be a 15 year old teller um, but anyway maybe so I decided that I would also want to be an accountant and so mum and I went off to to Gami TAFE and um, met with a um, careers counsellor and the lady explained that you know by the time you finish you know a cert three in, in accounting or something and you get a particular qualification that qualification will mean that you can then do a diploma in accounting so that'll take two years at night time or you could do your HSC at night time and then you'll have same opportunity to then go and do a diploma of, of accounting after that so mum and I thought there's Oh, I thought, I think, may as well do my HSC. So whilst right. I didn't do my HSC at Woolwood well, High, yeah. I did my HSC at Ghana TAFE <laughs> at exactly the same time as my cohort um, was doing it. So I finished in 88 um, at, at Gummy TAFE, which was what everybody else was doing, was what, what my year group was doing if I had stayed all the way. It meant that I did um, my HSC five nights a week, uh, four hours a night. Um, so I'd work at the State Bank. I was say, you're working at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd walk to, to work from, um, sorry, I'd walk to work and um, from home down to Cronulla and then, um, I don't know, either by then I'd bet Stuart and Stuart would um, drive me to work to to, to TAFE oh no sorry my dad would drive me to TAFE um and um and that's when I would have my hot chips uh (laughs) between work and going into doing English maths um economics modern history ancient history (laughs) um whatever it was that I was doing and um yeah wow that's what I did and was that Easy, hard. <laughs> yeah. Part of me feels like you just go, oh, that was super easy. It was so good. Like, but it, doesn't yeah, it wasn't that bright. Yeah. <laughs> um, my level of brightness is that I have to push. I have to work really hard. Um, so it doesn't come naturally to me. So I think that uh, I'm not sh- I, I think when you're, a ki- when you're young, I think there's probably – well, actually, probably not because some people are young and they don't have much – anyway – Yes, it was hard. Yeah, it was hard because then mm. um, I probably didn't do as well as what I would have if I was at um, at Woolaway High mm. uh, because of the fact that I would have had a lot more time, a lot more support, mm. you know, to do actually, yeah. you know, that amount of work. Because what they ended up actually doing was called the um, matriculation, and um, it was when I started, it was over two years. But then in my second year, they decided, oh, you know what? Let's do it in one year. So basically, mm. I ended up um, doing repeating, like it was the government doing it. They repeating what I the work that I had just done um, for two months or three months or whatever it was. And then I didn't start year twelve work until April. Mm. <laughs> Whereas normally you're basically finishing year twelve work yeah. in April. Yeah. And so it was, um, yeah, there was a whole lot of disadvantage. In yep. doing it that way mm. uh, but um but you know it was the opportunity that I had mm. and I embraced it and yeah I was gonna say what do you think you learned from that like it, it was definitely probably hard what do you think you learned though from doing it differently to how like I think all three of us did it through school yeah um connecting with older people mm. and um <laughs> also um you know the, the importance of persevering and, um, and the value of that. I remember my first, uh, I think it was the English class, and uh, you couldn't sit down. There was just, you know, 50 people in the room. <laughs> and they said, don't worry, 
most of these people will leave. And most of these people did leave. And, um, and so by the end of it, I don't know, maybe there was 20 people um, who was or le- even less than that uh, who, who finished by the end of the, the two years. And so, yeah, it was the importance of um, perseverance, hard work. Mm. I, I think, you know, I think you've said conscientious a few times. I think there's, you know, I've got an, you know, a natural kind of discipline. Mm. I think... So kind of reflected on it, actually, I was thinking about it's probably as I think about my, my grandfather and, um, and his military background. Mm. I do wonder whether or not there's a degree of discipline that's actually just happened to be ingrained in my DNA as mm. well so that uh, like I can kind of get through those kind of um, uh, yeah, challenging kind of times. Do you find... Uh, oh, sorry. You go. You go, bro. I was just thinking because you've mentioned how excited you were as a young Christian... And mm. obviously then you're working during the day. You've got HSE at night. Yeah. Like, how was the weekends then? It would have yeah. been very easy to <clears> just be like, you know what, this this is my time. <laughs> I'm not really going to do anything. Like, how was church when you are working full-time and doing HSE at night? Yeah. Uh, so it was in... Um, so that was kind of the times when I was running the band nights and that kind of thing. <laughs> so, so just little stuff <laughs> on the side. Um, yeah, I think I had the balance right. But in the... I met Stuart at the end of year 11, uh, my equivalent of year 11, and, um, and so year, that, that space of equivalent of year 12, um, you know, I was going to, visiting his church and, and um, he was coming to my church and, yeah, I think that it didn't, I don't think it changed very much. So I've heard the name Stuart a few times. Who's Stuart? <laughs> yeah, who is that? <laughs> Actually, can I ask you? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> to, Joel has different no, to, no to, uh, to go with that question, because you've mentioned band nights a couple of times, and yes. I'm pretty certain that you and Stu met at a band we night. Did. Is that right? Okay, so you know, can, can I also just add, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard this story from your perspective. Yes, that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's why I wanted to ask this question. So maybe tell us like why you wanted to organise band nights first, yes. and then... Tell us about that fateful day. (laughs) (laughs) In the 80s, um, there was an amazing group of Christian rock rock bands. Mm. And um, and so they were, um, there was a a number of them and and it was all around proclaiming proclaiming the gospel. But it was just, you know, they would just play, you know, super great music and Mm -hmm. it would be great fun to dance to. It was a good scene. It was a, yeah, there was a scene, yeah. Mm. And um, so... Going to youth group, uh, we went. There was was one particular um, band called Priority Paid, and uh, and that and my and, and there was the band was playing at um, Paddington Town Hall, I think, um, and um, and so we went to. There was a youth group of six of us or seven of us, and my youth group leader, who um, actually his name's David, and, and he goes to our Cronulla. Um, mm church um so david he drove uh us to this um venue and um and i was sitting there and um stuart happened to be there stuart's version is that he walked in and he saw um a lot he saw me and there was like a light on me spotlight (laughs) (laughs) my story is i was sitting there and i happened to see him later (laughs) on the dance floor you know dancing in a really you know 80s kind of way as we all did yeah awesome (laughs) yeah i'm imagining him with like the flock of seagulls hair (laughs) oh no no because he's got curly hair so it's this kind of curly kind of wafty thing at the the top (laughs) yeah yeah awesome yeah 
Yeah, uh, very, very epic. So you notice him later in the night, is that true? Or is that because he made himself known? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? <laughs> he came over and joined our circle. And, hey, guys. Um, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was there with a, with a mate. Um, there was – we had um, – Merch, like I didn't have merch, but Dave had merch, and it was Nulla Baps, um, and she's making conversation, Nulla saying, Baps, "You know what's real. what's Nulla?" <clears throat> and um, because we were a long way away from the shot, it was kind of a bit odd to, or, or maybe oh, he was yeah, just making conversation. Uh, I don't know. Okay, yeah. And um, so you know, he joined the group, and um, yeah, and so then I don't know, we must have danced a bit, and um, and then I remember sitting on the steps at the end uh, outside, and uh, and he asked me for my phone number. And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) I said, come to church uh, tomorrow night. And um, and it was just, I don't know, my silly way of determining how committed he was to... God, not not, obviously not to me, um, but to but to God. Oh, but that mattered to you. So that makes sense. It really mattered to me. Yeah, Mm. Um, I I'd only had one. I had you know a, a, a. a couple of people who were interested in me, but one boyfriend, and uh, and I met him at Teen Ranch, and and you know I realised that he actually he was just really light on from a Christian perspective, mm. and um and I should have invo- I should have done that with him, <laughs> um yeah, and so that was kind of my measure to see if you know he mm. rocked up the next day, and he did, and he did, yeah, yeah he playing did. guitar, and the spotlight was, was on you again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Just, just to put it out there, my guitar skills um, consist of, uh, you know, a handful of chords, D-A-G, and I, I like to describe that myself as... That most <laughs> Christian music. Oh, thank you, Brayden. That makes me feel really <laughs> good. One, 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 what, at what point are we getting you up to play with <laughs> the band? That yeah, would no. be pretty hard. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so he came along and, um, you know, it's a small church, so he certainly you know, stood out. And, um, and then he... Um, yeah, we, I don't know, I walked him out, I guess, and... Um, <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> walking up. someone out, it's always like, right, it's time for you to leave. I walked with him as he left, and um, yeah, and he had this car, like, and it was this colour, actually, it was the colour of that wall. Uh, we've painted um, specially. Yes. <laughs> tangerine, it was a tangerine beetle. Tangerine. And so, we had grown up, I know it's a bit weird, but... Um, I had grown up with two Volkswagens and they were the two cars. And, um, and I used to always say, you know, drop me off in the house in front of the, where the two Volkswagen, the two Beatles are. And to have Stuart, you know, Stuart's lovely, obviously, but, um, but to, you know, here's his Beetle and he you know, pulls out his fluoro texture and, and, um, and he writes my number. And he still has that piece of paper where he wrote my oh, number special, um, on this piece of paper with a fluoro texture that he found in the, the car. Um, and he, he also has the poster from Pretty Paid. Yes. Uh, from, from that night? the night from before, night. Yeah. yeah. So we we so cool. have that post, that Pretty Paid poster that's, that he pulled it off the thing, which is pretty, pretty cool. cool for him to. Don't, like that's we don't have other posters in the house, so it's mm. not like he was going around <laughs> collecting them, being stealing posters. Yeah. Stealing posters. You're that weird serial poster puller. He's <laughs> <laughs> not that. Poster pullers sounds like a good band name as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Post. Uh, just to pause on the Stu and Lou story. Yes. The origin story. Um, what's it like organising band night in the eighties? 
not easy because I don't think was fax machines even a thing back then even like just oh, in terms yeah. of organizing yeah. like yeah. it was I don't know maybe writing I think there was a photocopier that we're able to photocopy in black and white um, it was it was posting things to churches, asking them to, you know, put things in their notice boards or ringing up the you know, church secretaries. Um, yeah, it was certainly very... You don't have to rely on other people to, like, out of their goodwill to go, oh, we'll put this poster up, yeah. rather than, like, you know, now social media, we're just, like, we're just doing it ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. And, you know, no idea what I was doing. Why did you want to organise them, though? I'm, I'm still fascinated by this. <laughs> Because there's, there's such a link between you and Stu and the band night. <laughs> well, I, um, oh, it was about the gospel. It was about, you know, this is a way in which we can, um, you know, facilitate the gospel being proclaimed. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it used, like we said before, there's a scene there, yeah. and yeah. so that was kind of the, one of the ways in which I thought that, you know, utilising the scene that, that exists. But you'd also had the gospel preached to you, like, so you became a Christian, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, right, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, so back to you and Stu. Yeah. Have we said actually who Stu is? No. No, just oh. didn't figure that out. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the senior pastor of Sorrow of Old Church and your husband. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh, it all comes together. It all comes oh. together. Oh, if you want more of Stu, there's about how many episodes of Shock Absorber? Uh, there's close to 100. Yeah, there you mm, go. Yeah. Yeah, very close. <laughs> Watch one of those. Yeah, yeah there's a few. Of, the he's one. on a few of those. A few of them. And so you started going out in year 11? Is that End right? of year 11. End yep. of year 11. So... That was an interesting question. Like, how much time did you have for each other <laughs> when you're working so much during yeah, during the week? Yeah, and yeah. it was just basically seeing each other at church. Uh, he would drive me um, from work to TAFE um, and drive me home again. Mm. And um, and um, but yeah, I was very. What would he do? Sit in the cafeteria yeah. eating chips? Yeah, <laughs> he would. Um, and um, <laughs> he would sit and talk to my parents while I was studying. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's, and uh, they would like have gone I down would, well with the parents. And right? I, I had this is oh. my conscientiousness. <laughs> so when I was studying, um, I would do two hours, 10 minute break, two hours, 10 minute break. And my 10 minute breaks, <laughs> for some reason, I would hit um, a nine iron um, in the back of my yard. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so many this things you so don't good. know about yeah, the job. This is so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, so obviously with the plastic. <laughs> practice ball. Um, okay, yeah, I was thinking the neighbours aren't going to be very happy about <laughs> There's a few broken windows. <laughs> um, yeah, for 10 minutes, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, so I was great at hitting a nine-nine. Couldn't, couldn't hit anything else. Um, but um, Although I was good at papa. Um, hmm. But I would, I would do that back and forth. <clears throat> and then my 10 minutes was up and I'd go back and study again. So I was very um, regimented and very disciplined because I, you know, I had to. Uh, and so, yeah, Stuart during that time would just have to work around that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What were you going to say? You at oh, I just giggled because it, it, yeah. Oh, I giggled at that because there's dad tells a story about um, chatting to your dad and then your dad just being like, go home, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking during match of the day. Yeah. <laughs> How good yeah. is that? Yeah. Was match of the day really on? Was yeah. that on was SBS? Was it on something I thought else? it was on Channel 2, actually, because oh, yeah, SBS okay. came a bit later. But yeah, so that was the other. My. my Dad's English. Um, my dad was um, his team. Mm. It's Brentford, oh. um, and um, my yep. And my grandfather's team was Chelsea, and um, yeah, they're Londoners. And um, and so yeah, when Stuart 
joined the family um you know he actually he walked in actually the day that so so going on with the story of, of meeting Stuart mm-hmm. was that he would then he then came to at my house with some flowers I wasn't there I don't know where I was um and he wore a, a Sheffield Wednesday jersey to do that and um which is obviously his family soccer team and um so he my father was rather excited by the fact that you know he walked in and the weird thing is actually I, for some reason, had a pen pal. I don't know how, like back in the day you had pen pals. And I don't know how, but I had this pen pal. The only pen pal I've ever had was this man, this young boy in, um, in England. And I was riding back and forth. And, um, and he was into motocross and into soccer. And as, you know, most English boys are, I guess. And once he sent me this shirt, and it was this grey shirt. I can still see it. It had this logo on it. And it was a Sheffield Wednesday shirt. Oh, wow. wow. No way. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I That's really crazy. liked his shirt. It was a lovely, it was a lovely, comfortable shirt. Oh. Um, and, but I had no idea what the logo was until later on. And, um, there you go. And I met Stuart and, yeah, there you go. It was, so it was, it was meant to be Volkswagens, Sheffield Wednesday, <laughs> Love of England. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. there any owls involved? <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. Oh, there was an owl on the shirt. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, just yeah. like I feel like there'd be like a beautiful old school owl somewhere, somewhere. Like, <laughs> when Stu turned up, they'd be like, "Hoo hoo!" <laughs> <laughs> so, where do we go from here? Did you finish the HSC? I did. Yep, I finished the HSC, and um, you know, I th- think that there's been a number of um, oh, what would I say, kind of conversations that have changed my life. And so one of the conversations that changed my life, I think, was that conversation, well, obviously becoming a Christian, that, that conversation, pretty key. The other, other conversation that changed my life, I think, was the careers counsellor mm. saying to me, do your HSC. Yeah. Complete game changer, I think. Um, and the other, the other conversations I had was meeting Stu's mum and dad. And, um, and in year 12, and meeting Stuart's mum and dad in year 12 and being part of their family and, um, and them having a different outlook for their boys <clears throat> than what my parents did. And that was an aspirational one. So they didn't go to uni either, Bev and Pete, <clears throat> and, um, but they s- saw that it was important for their kids to go to uni. And so uh, it was just expected, not expected, not in a bad way, but it was just, you know, it's just what you do. So I think they either they would have said that to me or I, it just kind of came through through osmosis, but I realised actually I can go to uni, <laughs> and um, and so yeah, so I um, thought about you know what uni courses I might want to do, and uh, so I did my HSC, um, and um, and then went to uni. So yeah. I finished at the bank, and I started working as a checkout chick at Woolworths at Caringba. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. And uh, at Which one stage, I like to think that um, I was the fastest checkout chick there. Yeah, thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate someone that can be really fast on the checkout, but also packs the bags really nicely. Yes. I was, I was going to ask because I knew you wanted to say it. Like, <laughs> the, what the like, fastest? Well, yeah, yeah, I was going to be like, how fast were you, Mum? Were, ti- <laughs> were you timing yourself? Yeah, so there's a leaderboard. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, I, oh, so you're going to actually say it. I thought you were just talking about how, because you like, felt like you were fast. But no, no, it was actually. It was actually competition. Excellent. Yes, yes, I'm competitive and I'm conscientious. (laughs) (laughs) That is a powerful duo. That is is a powerful combination. Yeah. Uh, Yes. So you'd go, you'd do your shift, and then I think the next day um, they would have the the leaderboard of of how fast you are. Awesome. Oh wow. But I, one of the reasons why I realised that um, what all you have to do (laughs) is press subtotal. 
between oh, you got packing bags. Yeah, it was my hack. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, I mean, I was fast, of course. Um, but <laughs> well, I realised that the people who were on the eight items or less, they were winning all the time. So how is it the people on eight items or less can win all the time? Mm-hmm. How is that? It's because they press sub because they finish quickly. So all you have to do yes. is just make sure you press subtitle before because the timer was continuing to go while the poor checkout girls were bagging, Put it on the bag. putting the thing. And so if you anyway, yes. But anyway, um, so I was about to go to the checkout chick competition. They said that. Sorry, <laughs> that's a real thing. <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah, but um, Stu's mum and dad bought a Christian bookshop. And uh, yeah. so I th- had the opportunity to go and work in the family business for mm. a while. Yes. Oh, for a long while. And you took your checkout yeah. skills there. Yeah, I, I did, but um, yeah, but there was no... No, no leaderboard. <laughs> but no. I feel prepared now for the fact that it's all self, self-done yeah. now. Yeah. So yeah. I feel yeah. pretty yeah. good now. Myself, myself <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, see if you still got it. I weirdly think about how I can do this more efficiently. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just... That's not weird. I do that. Oh, I, I do that too. Oh, yeah. do and I, I assume... It, I, I, let's let's pretend it's not weird because we're related. <laughs> so I, I probably got it from you. But yeah, I was like, well, that's why it's normal for you to. But speed. like, I, I, I inherit that from yeah. other people in my family yeah, okay, as well. Sure. So yeah, uh, I have a question about the checkout thing. Mm-hmm. So, how are they averaging it out if you're only on eight items or less, or on the full proper checkout? Because that can't be fair if you're only getting no. eight items, right? I know that's right. It wasn't fair. So you ended up being the fastest, even though there was people on the mm. eight items or less. Yeah. Wow, that's very impressive. Yeah. yeah. I got a I got a little lump on my on my my wrist, a ganglion, because you I from was what? so from conscientious. What? From RSI. <laughs> <laughs> RSI like, from scanning. Oh my <laughs> I had to get cortisone injections. No oh, way! Did you really? No way! Wow. Is that because you was like so much like I have to beat these people at their own game? I don't think it was that. It was just I just wanted to be the best I could be. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Is that in everything? <laughs> Why are you so know, competitive? I don't want to say that. Does that come across badly? No. It's okay. It's just about. It's just about you. It's fine. God made you that way. Uh, like, why do you think you are competitive? I'm not sure that it's competitive. Um, maybe it is competitive. Dad says he doesn't. Pl- no, sorry, I'm talking to Ethan, not yeah. to you. All right. Stuart. That's why we got him on. <laughs> um, says that he doesn't play Monopoly with me um, because yeah. um, can be a bit competitive. Um, you just win. Because I win. Oh, are you it. one of those people? Win. My wife's like that. She wins every board game. No, no, golly, I'm not. That's why I don't play board games. I'm oh. actually, is because I don't win. And it makes oh. me feel a bit disappointed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so self-preservation. Um, I guess I am competitive in most things. Mm. But why? Oh. Um, I'm asking because I, I can get competitive in things as well, even though I barely win at anything. <laughs> I guess it's you think it's just, just trying to do your best in that particular scenario? I think I think it is. I think, you know, as we were talking before about school or HSC or, mm. you know, um, getting really involved in church immediately, you know, it's just about trying to do your best and I guess by being competitive it's kind of, you know, doing the best that I, that I can be. Yeah, mm. totally. Mm. So you and Stuart have started going out. What happens? Uh, oh, where did you go? To, where did you go to uni? That's right. We're talking oh, about. I went to Sydney. 
yep. <laughs> Sydney Uni. And what did you study? Um, I did a Bachelor of Arts and I did it in um, subjects that you could get a job with at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, is that just a thinly veiled dig at Stuart? <laughs> no, no, he's obviously very employable. But um, <laughs> no, no, I was just waiting for your dig about people who do Bachelor of Arts. <laughs> it's pre- I know, it's a preemptive I know Brandon was thinking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, did, I did a Bachelor of Arts. I'm not taking shots. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know you did that. Um, I did it in industrial relations and Creative. psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and the industrial relations kind of, I guess, comes from... Um, the political background that um, that was kind of permeating in my family, mm. and um, rather kind of left wing kind of background, and uh, yeah, and then I completed that and um, had a I've had a career in human resources. And was that where you wanted to go with that? Like, are you, is, is human resources a thing back then? Like, not saying no, that, it was yeah. it was. Yeah, personnel or something like that. I think okay. um, I did. I wanted. I was really very interested in industrial relations. So yeah, that was. But I think it turned out to be a little bit. Um, you know, I didn't really like the idea of the conflict um, mm. that exists, which is just part of it. Industrial relations that you know you're the employer, you're the union, and it's. Um, so and also I think it's fairly uh, specific as part of the the broader career of HR and so my first job was a more um, generalist role and so you know I st- I've stayed in the more generalist role. Mm. And uh, it was one of the reasons you were interested in industrial relations like you said the political background but also yep. that you could make a difference yep. to a, a larger group of people. Yeah. What and when yep. why do you think that was so important to you? Is it again being a Christian or something else? Yeah, I think it was that. And also I remember thinking at the time, you know, I just want to work with people. I know lots mm. of people say that. Uh, but I felt that it was I, – I, I loved economics. Uh, I, was really, I was good at economics. I, I got it. And, uh, and it was kind of putting the – being interested in people, um, being interested in business world mm. um, and being interested in, um, you know, I guess the – the relationship between the employer and the employee, you know, that kind of contractual kind of engagement between the two. Uh, yeah, I was interested in that. And um, and at the time, I don't know whether or not at the time I thought I could make a difference, but certainly as my career progressed, it's been, I don't think about it as a career, as my, my, my time in my job has progressed, um, I have felt that it is a really great platform to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And it feels, oh, sorry, I'll just finish this just on that point, is that, that it feels like it's like that big scale change, like if you're talking about economics, that can be, you know, policies can have a large impact on a large amount of people. Was that where you really were interested in? Is Because HR really, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but HR feels like it's more applicable to organisations that have a lot of people working for them. Yeah. Is that why you could, so you could be in a position to be able to help lots of people in that? kind of larger scale yep yeah okay yep. that makes sense i was just gonna ask because you've obviously had a wider scope of experience by the time you got to uni like mm. you've done tafe and you've done hsc at the same time and you've done that um while working like did you enjoy uni how was that experience mm. as compared to like someone who would have just walked out of school straight into yeah because mm. we've talked about that a lot yeah. before in the early yeah. episodes at you bunch yeah um uni was a means to an end yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Stuart enjoyed uni. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he enjoyed okay. the experience. I guess you know, we we're different 
beings as well. Mm. Um, he enjoyed, you know, lying under the jacaranda tree. Uh, jacaranda tree, Sydney Uni comes out when you're meant to be, you know, when exams are there. They say mm. if, you, if, if it's out and you haven't started studying, you're probably going to fail, you know, that kind of, that thing. He liked lying under the jacaranda tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, where I'd be in Fisher Library um, studying. And I think it was the sense of I also... There was a lot I had to give up to be there. Like, I could be working. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was paying board. Like, I was, um, you know, I was working... I had been working a couple of jobs when I was... I wasn't just working in the bank. I was doing gardening for people as well. Like, there was... Um, I think when I was... Was it second year and we got married? No, third year. Anyway, third year. And I was, you know doing a bit of ironing for people and um, as well as working. So, you know, I was – there was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, I was there to – I was there to study. And I have to remember, actually, and this is just me being annoying, I guess, but um, Stuart being so excited about graduation and the graduation experience, where to me it felt like a process line. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like, actually, they don't really care about me. Um, I'm just here, you know, it's just – putting on a robe and, you know, I get my degree. And, um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so uni was a means to an end. Totally. I don't think you were being annoying. Okay. I think you were just being you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Because, well, I, like, I think it's like a similar thing of, like, you know, people would say, like, become prefect or you should do this. I'm like, or peer support leader. I'm like, why? Because it's like, you, oh, you look good on your resume. I'm like, well, so what? Like, what's that going to, what's that going to achieve? And then... Yeah actually it matters because that's how other people think in that regard too whereas I, that would annoy me and be like this is stupid yeah, I think <laughs> people just find community in different places yeah it could so be like, true for me i think we've had this discussion a bunch of times about <coughs> our experiences of uni and things and like some people find community at church some people find community at uni some people find community at the soccer club or where they're working or whatever so like for me my first degree was I'm here to get a degree and my community is at church or with my other friends. Like, so, and then some people find their, that community at uni. So I think mm. it's just different perspectives. on. Yeah, and I think part of my frustration was it's like, oh, just get the piece of paper and you'll get a job. I'm like, well, why, why though? Why would you bother doing this to just get this arbitrary thing? And I think as we get older, I think going to university has changed from that, even from perhaps when you went to uni, Lou, mm. of that you probably would get a, quite a good job or a reasonable job for career progression once you got a, a uni degree. And it happens to a certain extent now, but I think how learning's changed that we are now like, well, maybe you don't even need to go to uni. Like there's that whole mm. thing in America of like, oh, college is a waste of time. Also because you need to borrow thousands yeah. and hundreds yeah. of thousands it's of dollars bit, of money to actually make yeah. it happen yeah. anyway that's that's why i was asking the questions and thinking about that so you graduate yep and in actually, the process line I, I graduated and when i graduated um unemployment it was the, the keating's recession that we had to have and mm. unemployment youth unemployment was something like 25 percent or something yeah, yeah. yeah. so it wasn't easy Perfect to find time. a job yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and um but yeah i found a found a job that in the end, I was seconded into uh, working as a um, HR person at um, a chip company, um, Frito Lay. Oh, right. your whole life. Oh my gosh, chips. love chips. Um, and <laughs> this, um, is, this is actually the real reason you were a hundred. <laughs> it's because yeah. the chips isn't the chip. just the intro. The, the chips is the whole time. <laughs> <It's a> lifestyle. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, it's a, a factory that makes um, light and tangy. Mm. Yeah, and only light and tangy. And Cheetos, or okay. I, think, I think they're <laughs> Cheetos. Um, yeah, so they actually light and tangy chips, real potatoes, yeah. and um, Cheetos excreted kind of grossness that goes into this kind of vat and then it turns it into a chips. Anyway, um, so I was um, HR person um, there. That was my first my first opportunity, which was fab. Yeah, so you, that was what you were looking for? Yep. Oh, yep. how good. Yep. That's good. Uh, I feel, just, just a heads up, I think we're going to need to have it to part two. <laughs> Having said that, when does Soul Revival become a thing? Yeah. Um, so Soul Revival becomes a thing uh, basically the same time that Stuart and I get married. Mm-hmm. So um, 1991, um, we saved up some money and we went travelling. Mm, right. um, yeah, so we, we do a lot of – Stuart and I, you know, we, we talk a lot. We're a great team, and um, and and we you know we get ideas from from each other, and you know we were chatting about the idea of um, you know different ways in which we could do youth group, um, but we were run, but but by then we were married, and um, we yeah we were doing we were at Gymer Anglican, so I left Cronulla Bats when we got married and went up to to Gymer Anglican. Can and I we just were, pause you on that for a sec? Sorry, mm. I know there's. I didn't have to make this decision, but there are other people that get married to someone from a different church, yeah. either or. What's that decision like? Yeah. And making um, that decision. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, um, you know, n- not easy, but it was, um, you know, I, I looked at it thinking, Stuart's family is at Gymer Anglican Church and he's been there a lot longer than I've been at Crowlabaps and I think we can make a big difference. You know, I felt bad about leaving. Mm. Did, did mm. I leave... Um, I left well, obviously, but um, you know, they all came to my wedding, and mm. um, but then I left. So I kind mm. of I felt bad that you know I was a young person, and it probably would have been really good for their church if you know a couple went to their church. Yep. Uh, but um, but yeah, so it wasn't as easy. Okay, yeah, so sorry. We move on too mm. quickly. Can we get a proposal story? Oh yeah, thank you. Because I feel like we just skipped over the wedding. We're about to skip over the wedding. Yeah. I think it was we decided – so Stu's mum um, was keen for Stuart to propose. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> so I feel like that's an understatement so too. <laughs> She's like, you're going to lose her, you're going to lose her. Um, I was 19. Um, and um, so that's at – I was 18 because I was married at 19, wasn't I? So I was – so he proposed to me um, and um, – uh, down at the beach, uh, we'd chosen. I think I'd chosen the ring. Um, I still have that. I still have. No, no, oh, I don't the have ring. the ring. Oh, okay. The ring um, was crushed when I was on ground control um, oh, down no. at doing um, no doing barbecue duties, <laughs> and I was no moving. Way. Yeah, I was down at Grace Point, and I was um, moving the barbecue, and I squashed it. Um, against the barbecue and the wall, and oh. I didn't realise I did that. I was like, and then I was playing with my ring. I was like, oh. Oh no! I mean, and, and, and the little clasp had opened, um, oh. but the diamond was so small. Who knows where it could <laughs> have been? <laughs> you want to go digging at Grace Point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a diamond, There's a diamond, There's a diamond somewhere with the diamond. like the metal detector thing. That's yeah. right. There's a diamond in the rough. Did that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're quoting Aladdin. Um, did that stop you um, from hurting your finger though? Like, if you crush it against the. No, oh, okay. no, no, it just hurt it more. If we, if we, <laughs> if we told people that that there might be a diamond in the barbecue, I reckon more yeah, people right. would do. 
would sign up they just might. like for an opportunity. Unearth the diamond. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, so we I think we'd selected the ring previously um, and, um, yeah, it was just, will you marry me down at Cronulla? Lovely. And I said yes. Good location. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah, there's a Cronulla theme going on. Yep. <laughs> so you saved up money to travel. Yeah, Where did yeah. you travel? So you got, you, yep. is that kind of your honeymoon? Is that what it was? No, it was, um, so I was... Um, so we, oh, we got off study um, and, um, and, and Stu's mum let us stay in their joint for nothing. So we benefited from not having to pay rent. And, um, and so I was working and, um, and yeah, we, and I, because I, I had already been working, um, there was money in the bank account. So, so we went and um, we travelled and, <laughs> and we stayed with some relatives uh, in England. So that was really great fun. You just went to England? Yeah, yeah oh, wow. for three weeks. Isn't... Am I? I could be. Uh, it could be a reporting a falsified memory. Isn't that where the idea of commitments came yeah. up from on that trip? Yeah, that's right. I was you driving around the Salisbury yeah. Salisbury Plains. Um, I want to hear your side of the oh, story. Oh golly, I really don't remember my side. I don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, we can save that for the hundred and first. But isn't it, wasn't it your idea? It yeah, I think the commitments thing was your idea, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Over the years, there's been a few things. That have <laughs> been claimed. <laughs> <That's not> <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> Names and such things, but yeah. Because yeah, it was about you t- the movie, the commitments had just come out. Yeah. And it was about finding people are more committed to the gospel to, yep. build, to build a team. Is that what you were thinking? Oh, I really don't remember. Okay. Yeah. So, then, so is that where the first ideas of Soul Revival come from? That trip, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was. Um, we were, work- there was a, um, you know, a youth minister that we were with, um, that was the youth minister. We were just we were just volunteers, and um, he, I think we were doing traditional stuff on a Friday night. And um, and he and, and Stuart and I suggested, why don't we do stuff on Saturday nights? And so yeah, it came from from that. Mm. So that's what we did. Was that one of your ideas? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, it was um, like I think that kind of going into my twenties mad time like just ministry was just wild it was so fun oh i don't know it was just you know you're young you don't have children you're um like we were doing we had something on five nights a week there was like probably three bible studies because of you know we we met some you know interesting people um at um at, at 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 working at the shop and uh, some gothics and, I don't know, some other people, we decided to have a Bible study with them, as you do. So, that you know, that was one night and two nights with church Bible studies and then we'd have, blah, um, you know, leaders meetings and then youth group and then um, solis and then church. That sounds like six nights. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I was, you know, I was working. And, um, and by then I think Stuart might have been part-time, I think, and um, it was – just so fun and like there were people over all the time and we had we would have uh like Stuart would go and go to places to speak uh so you know I would go along with him uh there'd be band nights (laughs) we would have bands stay at our place uh uh, you know there would just kind of there would be so many kind of spontaneous kind of things like I fairly uh um in control and mm. so sometimes there would be you. some spontaneous things that would happen that would uh, push me out of that comfort zone of being in control uh, but um, it was just it was just fabulous mm. and you know just to to start something and just to see it grow even though like I was I mean I was working very hard 
helping him do it, but I was really the observer. I was, mm. a, you know, a lay person, you know, doing doing what other people were doing. Uh, but just to see over that ten years grow from you know four to five hundred or whatever it is that, yeah, it was just fun, <laughs> super fun. Is there one particular story that you that you can think of that you can tell us that like speaks to that time? Um, look, I th- it was probably. The magical mystery tours that we would do, uh, that would go over the you know the twelve hours and uh, and the, just the amount of effort that that people put into that and just the laughter and and I think the thing that like Stu's really good at is that you know he talks about sober joy but just joy mm. like he's just funny and uh, and so <laughs> it's um yeah and he and he just creates an environment of, of fun yeah. um being down at st timothy's church uh next door to it and the the, the the nights the band nights that we would have again Belvedere blues uh and um just the mosh pits and 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 the respect that they would ha- always have for girls and uh you know you know i would be on i'm always on the dinner and um you know Making nachos or lemon lime Louises, and uh, it was just uh, what's a lemon lime Louise? Oh, you haven't heard of lemon lime Louise? They're famous. Um, it was a particular bottle from Freedom that fitted. Uh, I think it was um, like just per- the perfect amount of lime juice and lemonade. I think, and um, and because it was like a cafe that, that that we had, we would sell these lemon lime Louises, and you know they were. <laughs> they went off. There was. <laughs> we ran out. Did you run out? I reckon you would have run out of the that's so of the material, the ingredients. Sorry. Yes. Um, did you? Is that what you imagine you'd do? Is it like be part of a ministry that would grow like that? And when I was younger, yeah, is that what you were? <laughs> is that what you were thinking you were going to do? Uh, well, um, as a sixteen-year-old. No, 14 year old when I became a Christian um, or before that no uh, but you know when I became a Christian I remember uh, thinking uh, or having a conversation with maybe the pastor's wife or something or maybe it was just a memory that I had uh, that I was either going to marry a politician or a pastor <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy Isn't that the weirdest thing? yeah and so a pastor that you know did have a background in politics yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly that's, hilarious. that's wild. It's, isn't that's wild. it hilarious and mm. uh, and so perhaps I did see that, mm. yeah. And, yeah. I, and I guess because I had done that myself before getting married. Mm. Uh, and, like, not exactly that, but, you know, I was you know, doing different things um, as an independent person, yeah. as, a, as a young person. So Yeah, you didn't just get dragged along for the ride when you met Dad. You actually were already in it and you yep. were like, yeah, let's mm. go. Like yep. it was, yeah. it was a, it's a really beautiful testament to you guys working as a team in that, like, from the get-go and and it not being a, at every turn dad being like all right let's do this next thing but it's actually a, no let's let's do this like this is yeah this is really that's, uh, that's really cool and i i like have seen that forever like like we're we're only up to like what are you 20 at this point in the story like <laughs> um but yeah i've i've seen that consist forever which is really really cool well that's what i was um maybe where i was trying to go with it is It's, it seems like God has chosen for you and Stu to come together, obviously, mm. but also like your history, your family history as well. Like we, we talked about politics, we talked about your, even your interest in HR. I think, and 
again, is that because like Soul Revival was exciting to you because that was that similar thing of impacting a large group of people? Um, you know, I probably didn't think about that at the time. I think it was more that uh, it was the fact that I just wanted to serve God and I wanted to, to do something and that was... Um, I don't think Stuart and I ever thought that it was going to be... Stuart did, but I didn't think that it was ever going to be huge. Uh, mm. I just thought that we were running, you know, doing as best as we could mm. uh, and uh, and making, trying to make a difference. I think that was it. Mm. It was, it was mm. wanting to serve God and wanting to, to do the best thing that we could do to serve God. Mm. And uh, I would, um, before I... Yeah, when, when, when we would... When, yeah, during, during this time I was also running, doing Sunday school. And so I would um, do um, Solis on a Saturday night and then uh, I would go to Adam's, so our dear friend Adam who's also um, our warden at our church. Uh, so I'd go to Adam's house when he was living with his mum and, um, and we would practice guitar at 8 o'clock because we were the band for Sunday school. And, um, and so then we would... You know, so I would have had four or five hours sleep and, uh, and then we would do Sunday school. And um, so it, it was super fun. But I remember my mantra was, well, I've got eternity to rest. And I still say that, you know, when people say to me, how do you fit everything in? I was like, oh, actually, I've got, I've got eternity to rest. And I know that different people have got different capacities. So certainly not to make anybody, you know, feel bad about that or whatever. Um, but um, my outlook was that I just want to go hard. For mm. God, mm. because He's given me, and and He's given me some gifts in order, for, for gifts and um, stamina, and uh, and so I'll do that mm-hmm. because of the gifts that He's been able to give me. Mm. What's it like at that time? Like um, you said, it was a bit wild, mm. but um, I mean, I've heard some stories from Stu about like uh, different. Uh, the impact on just having like the first people, that group of people that were coming through were really impacted by divorce and things like that. He also talks about some of the, 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 the guys that he had relationships with. I'm just wondering what about in terms of how you were able to be there for the women at that, mm. that time? Because I, like, I think that's a, probably a perspective we hadn't heard very much. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the women probably weren't as... Um, uh, um, they were a bit different group, I guess, um, to the, some of the groups of the, like, the boys. They were mm. a bit more not conservative, but anyway. Um, but uh, similarly, they were from, you know, they were from non-Christian homes mm. and, uh, and, you know, I would do Bible study with them and um, over many years and I, a few of them I'd be their bridesmaids for uh, because, of, yeah, because of our relationship and, um, you know, I think we went to all of their weddings and so it was just... Yeah, beautiful to, to start with them when they that when they were sixteen uh, and even younger and um and just to, to grow and and you know even the girls that were in my Sunday school class just to see them them grow you know one of those was Julie Inman and she you know mm-hmm. we often talk about you know Sunday school days for example so yeah it was beautiful just to see them grow. Uh, you talked a lot about Stu being very joyful at time and as as have you had as well but were there difficult times as well because ministry isn't always the easiest yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i think that my 20s was 
fabulous in uh, in relation to there was lots of going on, lots of exciting things going on for ministry, lots of exciting things. Obviously, um, you know, Stuart was just um, is just a amazing person um just so visionary so strategic such a such a great leader just full of um just things outside the box and uh mm. like he challenges things but challenges things within a guardrail okay you know what i mean like yeah. he's it's not like you know i'm going to um you know start everything all over again but um he but he still thinks uh he still challenges things which mm. is just uh, amazing and he, but but you know that that saying that when you're in the trenches, if you pop your head over the trench, you're going to get shot at. Yeah. And uh, so it would have been safer to not challenge things because he wouldn't, you know, he and therefore me, we you know we wouldn't have been shot at. Um, but but you know I guess that's that's some of the you know, challenges of of ministry. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think my 20s was, you know, that was going on with, within ministry. But meanwhile, there are other things going on personally. Um, like for, for me personally, that was pretty challenging. So at 24, my, di- my dad died. He mm. had leukaemia. And uh, so my dad uh, was 50 when I was born. My mum was 42. So they were mature people. Uh, but anyway, despite that, I think at 74, that was still too young. And so, so I was 24. So that was a, a big deal for, for somebody who's, you know, a year younger than, than Ethan mm. uh, to, to be experiencing the loss of their dad. And, uh, and then my mum died when I was 30. And um, so that was, uh, that was re- you can't, you're not really close to one and the other, I guess, but I think my mum and I were, were, pretty, were very close. And, uh, yeah, I think that was a particularly challenging time. And then at 26, 27, fell pregnant with Ethan and that was a challenging time. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, most people, no, people never ask this question actually. Um, why is there a six-year gap between Elijah and Ethan? Um, and um, I don't know what people assume or they just perhaps don't care. Um, but, um, but, yeah, there was some issues in relation to falling pregnant. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, so there was this kind of, you know, whole lot of um, challenging things um, during that time that made me often think, God, what is next? Mm-hmm. Did that change your relationship with God mm. at that time? I don't think it changed it. I think mm. that it uh, reminded me of uh, the importance of trusting him, I guess, uh, as I kind of reflect back. And, and, and it was like every time, I mean, people die, don't they? But, but I guess I wasn't prepared for it. Mm. I wasn't prepared for uh, such challenges at such a young age. Mm. And uh, so I think that, uh, yeah, I think that the... the, the Ethan challenge was certainly something that I didn't expect. It was funny. I went to we went to an obstetrician early on, and he said, "Don't expect that this is going to go well." Basically, it was this kind of really weird, down to earth right, kind of conversation. A bit negative. Yeah, yeah. We walked out. I was like, I thought that was supposed to be exciting. It was like our first, I don't know, twelve week appointment or yeah. whatever it was. And yeah. he said, "Look, things go wrong." People miscarried. People do this, yeah. and uh, and it might not it might not be a, you know great outcome. 
Okay. And uh, and so then, like, do you want me to tell Ethan's story? If you're comfortable saying, yeah. Do you want me to tell Ethan's story? I think I think it adds a helpful context. <laughs> Thank you. You can tell it better than I can. I wasn't really uh, Ethan's there. Ethan's story, according to <laughs> his mum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at 18 weeks, we went for the ultrasound, uh, and um, and Ethan had a uh, hernia, diaphragmatic hernia, uh, mm. which meant that all of his abdominal contents were in his chest, uh, which meant that. Um, it was unlikely that his, they said that his lungs were going to grow um, big enough uh, for him to survive. And so uh, after a series of meetings, uh, they said, and further ultrasounds and different things, they, they, get, they said you need to consider your options, which is a pseudonym, is that what you say? Uh, for uh, you should consider terminating. Uh, they said that most uh, children that have... Um, babies that have diaphragmatic hernias, that, that's, what, that, that's what people do. And so Stuart was like, well, we're not terminating. And, and I went along with it, obviously. I must say, I, must, I, I never out, out in my mind said, I'm not terminating, but I've, I, I didn't have that straight, I'm not terminating reaction than what Stuart did. Mm-hmm. And I certainly didn't argue with him or I didn't labour over or anything, um, but... I needed to, I guess I'm a little bit more um, considered. You know, that's my personality, I think. Yeah. And um, so I needed it to wash over me. Mm-hmm. And to think, think about it. Yeah, I needed, yeah, I needed to, to think about it. Mm-hmm. Not that I was weighing up my options, but I needed, yeah. So we decided to progress with my pregnancy. And, uh, and that was really challenging because they said that he... He might not, it's unlikely that he'll survive. And uh, so I remember writing out my, my note to my boss um, about maternity leave. And in that note, I wrote, um, if, I'm, if, if he's born, then I'll apply for a year's maternity leave. If he's not born, uh, if he dies, then I'd like to apply for a month's leave or something like that. And um, I remember most people go to birthing classes and, and we went to see a physio um, who a one-on-one session uh, to tell us what to do and um, which you know went for an hour or something like that so 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 we just yeah we we grieved I guess we grieved the fact that like Ethan might not survive we grieved the fact that we didn't have a normal pregnancy uh, we had lots of people pray oh my goodness do you still get people who say to you? I haven't in a while, but for like for most of my life, I've had people come up to me being like, "Oh, I prayed for you when you were a kid." Like, actually, no, I take that back. I had one a month ago. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that? It's just, just incredible. Lady. It's like twenty five years, yep. and mm. people are still like, and that was pre social media. Mm. I guess Bev and Pete worked. Um, like Stu's mum and dad worked at the Christian bookshop, but even despite that, like people, people were praying for Ethan yeah, well, during so that time. The reason I was laughing is Bev and Pete were probably like the earlier version of social media. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Sorry, continue. Yeah. And um, so there was a lot of attention. You know, I was, she was pastor. I was pastor's wife, and uh, that yeah, so that we we you know, managed through that as stoically as as what we could. Because uh, it's difficult to be, to try to work out that fear and uncertainty and, and grief 
yourself, mm. let alone also having other people around you mm. and needing to be sincere or, uh, yeah, n- needing to be authentic. Um, and people just keep talking to you about it. Sometimes yeah. you probably don't want to yeah. talk to people about yep. it. Yep. Uh, and touching you, uh, touching your tummy. <laughs> I remember a month, a couple of weeks, we had, we had some people over all the time. We had some interesting people that were um, <laughs> interesting and, and, they, <laughs> and they wanted to lay hands on us at the end of it and, um, and whatever, whatever they were over at our place for. And um, so I had all these people I'd never met before touching my tummy, um, laying hands on me. And um, who knows, that might be why you're here, here today, <laughs> Ethan. <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah, so there was a, it was a lot of interest in, in the pregnancy and... Uh, and yeah, so, but yeah, it was a very, was, uh, we didn't buy any equipment, like, what's it called? Like, baby stuff, like, uh, it was very yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, but then when he was born, uh, he was born at Royal Women's and uh, at Prince of Wales <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I giggled because the first story that came to mind was... Uh, you guys were dri- you were in labour yes. and you're driving to the hospital and Dad's shoes smell bad, so he stops, runs into a shop, buys some shoes, <laughs> comes out. Yeah. While Mum's in labour in the car. Yeah, yeah. She's got these smelly shoes. Yeah. We've got the highest risk pregnancy, like not yeah. the highest, but a really high risk pregnancy, but because they smell like cat wee. You know those skate shoes smell like cat wee sometimes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You got your cat wee shoes on. Oh, why'd you wear your cat wee shoes yeah. first? Yeah. yeah. So and, he and, ran then in. He and then he pulled, he gets in the car, he pulls out, and he hits a dog. <laughs> And so he gets, the way he tells the story, I don't know how true this is. It's true. He gets out of the car, (laughs) grabs the dog, and he goes, very loudly, because there are people that can see, he grabs the dog and he goes, my wife's in labour, I'm sorry, I can't really help, and then he leaves. Go go and tell your mummy, go and see your mummy. Go and see your (laughs) mummy. And then he gets in the car and drives to the hospital. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, because and, and, we're in the combi too, by the way, because for whatever reason, down. the pulsar was, there was something wrong with the pulsar. Oh, like we had, so I don't know, we had this other car and maybe we hadn't fixed the brakes. Oh, I don't goodness. know. But we're in this car that's got the most ridiculous suspension and um, driving from the Shire into into Princess Wales in, in traffic, like it's peak hour. And uh, oh, yeah, so that Just was what we did. Shaking. Shaking oh, up and down, bringing bouncing. on labour even more, whilst oh. I'm waiting for him to look after the dog and get his blooming <laughs> shoes. <laughs> and then I'm in labour, by the way, and who do I get as a nurse? But, but a man, I meant nothing wrong with a man nurse, but a man nurse, but this man nurse, because a woman wouldn't be into soccer, but this man, man nurse was into <laughs> soccer, and I'm in labour, and he's, I don't know, having this conversation about, oh, I don't know, some bad, some soccer... Bloke, some soccer bloke, what are they called? Um, player. player who, <laughs> Katani, or I can't remember his name, but I think he was, it was quite um, controversial. And so I'm like, hello, hello. <laughs> Can we bring it back to me, me and my high-risk pregnancy? <laughs> it was just God's sense of humour. Oh, my goodness. I've got this under right. control. It's going to yes. be all right. Because, of course, he's got his soccer jersey on. And, of course, we have a soccer jersey already and waiting for, oh, for Ethan yeah. to be born. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's the reason why. Make Sheffield Wednesday. So Ethan's born and uh, 
which is fabulous. It turns out that uh, the um, series of issues that Ethan has, which is described as a syndrome, but the series of, of things, which are many, um, uh, there's probably about eight or nine of those variety of different things that um, are inside Ethan that are a little bit unusual. I have a list on my phone. Because I don't remember. There's yeah. so many of them. Yeah, there are a lot of them. Um, uh, is, is a thing called, well, one of the um, names of it is called Ivermark syndrome. And, um, and that's because some doctor just, um, noticed um, this, these series of things um, with, with other babies. And, um, but the main issue that causes the death of Ivermark syndrome in children are, is, is that they have significant heart um, deformation and um, because it's a it's a thing that to do with the symmetry that occurs when a, you know the, the eggs are doing whatever they're doing um, it's six, six days or something and so things are kind of swapped over and so Ethan for example has his heart on the wrong side mm. and, and um, he has his, his abdominal contents on the other side and um, and so is it reversed or is it just moved it's reversed oh, oh so, so your heart is on the other side actually yeah. uh, where everything else is reversed and so they for example the spleen would have if he he was born with a spleen. Sorry, he was born with his appendix, um, but his appendix was removed because it was actually on the other side and it would have been a problem if he's like, oh, ow, my stomach's sore, when it's not on the correct side. Um, so all the abdominal contents are on the wrong side, the heart's on the wrong side, he has no spleen, um, so he's asplenic, he's got a funny-shaped pancreas, um, funny... Necks, necks, um, hemi, like some vertebrae that are missing. Mm-hmm. Um, Who needs them? Et cetera, et cetera. So, but anyway, most people with Ivermark syndrome, 95% of them have a severe heart um, defect because of the fact that the heart's been reversed. And um, so, you know, bits and pieces kind of, but he didn't have that. So he is the 5% of people that do not have that heart defect, and uh, which is the reason why Ethan is here today. Mm. Because of prayer, I think we I, we yeah, believe it's genuinely a miracle. I think genuinely yeah. a miracle. We yeah. believe that you know, what are you know what are the chances? Well, they're five percent, but you know, what are the like, well, they're five percent of of what one like what's the percentage of people who get Ivermox? Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. It's five percent of that. Oh, it's, yeah, it's even smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he was in hospital for three months with an NG tube. Uh, he was allowed to leave when Stuart and I were taught how to use an NG tube. Is that that's so? Um, just to clarify, that's you uh, fed through the tube. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. So they taught Stuart and I to put the NG um, nasogastric down his nose uh, and um, not his lungs, <laughs> which yeah, it's bad if it goes in the lungs, good if it goes into the stomach. So <laughs> he um, so came home, so we fed him through through that tube. Then uh, six months later, uh, he got a peg, which is um, a feeding tube in his stomach, um, so he didn't have to do the thing because by then he's had you know increase in dexterity, so he could pull it out with his little mm, finger and... Yeah. Um, Stuff so yeah he was fed through this thing called a kangaroo pump, and uh, yeah there was efficiencies in that. I could walk around Miranda Fair, you know, pouring the the milk in the tube, and um, <laughs> it's a wild image. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, but yeah that was um, that was challenging because mm. it, I mean it was 
tremendous. Ethan was born and uh, he was such a miracle. And, uh, and then it was the trips to the hospital, the uh, you know, trying to get him to feed, trying to work out all the other problems, you know, any other problems that, that he might have had. And uh, yeah. You mentioned the chips and gravy and one <laughs> yes. of them was the TAFE and the other one was the children's hospital. Yes. What, are the, what oh. is the memory that goes along with the children's hospital? It chips was, and gravy. Yeah. To do with, I'm guessing it's to do with Ethan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was to do, it's to do with Ethan. So, so Sydney Children's is right next to – it's on the campus next to Royal Women's and so it was the, you know, the visits going in to Royal, Royal Women's and then having chips and gravy after that. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, – so sit, you walk past the cafe on your way to Sydney Kids and uh, so it was us – having you know chips and gravy after you know visits yeah. to the clinic uh, or to the different doctors um, that we would be going and seeing hmm. yeah and and also waiting for operations so Ethan had two operations and uh, so it was you know hanging around as you do waiting uh, waiting for the um, you know, for them to let you know that you can come and see your kid afterwards yeah. Yeah. And then later I had a scoliosis and we would have to go to the children's hospital to like do appointments for that, um, and we would sit and eat chips yeah. and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. great. Because you had to wear a brace too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was later you were um, yeah, diagnosed with it. So you are yeah. born with it, so it's a congenital scoliosis. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he um, – they, they saw that because they can't see it when you're – when you're crawling, they see it oh. when you're upright. Mm -hmm. And um, so at the age of two or three, and then he was braced at the age of four. Mm -hmm. So a uh, great big plastic um, orthotic thing that went from, you know, his tummy all the way up to the top of his um, collarbone and, um, and, you know, connected with these straps at the back and, um, and with a, um, like a singlet a singlet underneath it and uh, so Ethan is as slim as what he is um, today and uh, so we also used to have to put like um, baby powder on um, on these what are these called these bones here Hips. hip bones um, just because they were rub and uh, and I'm not just saying this because but because he's my son um, but Ethan did not complain so he wore it this 20 hours a day from the age of four to the age of 10 and there was not one day that he complained and said, um, you know, this sucks, I, you know, take it off me. And uh, so just amazing, amazing. Hmm. But yes, it, it, I didn't complain because it got me chips and gravy <laughs> a, few, a few times a year. <laughs> that's, that's why you're like, I'm holding it. out for that excellent chips and that's gravy. It. That's what it was Sydney all, Children's it was all worth it. It was all worth it for the chips <laughs> and gravy. Luke, can I ask, so you mentioned like your parents. Actually, sorry, before we, before we go there, I, just, I did wanted to say that um, I'm really, when we were saying like whether you should tell that story or not, I'm really glad you did tell that story. Me too. Because this is almost more your story than it is mine. Like this has all impacted me and stuff. Um, the, probably the brace more than anything else, any of that other early stuff impacted me because I wasn't really like impacted. Um, yeah. And as far as I'm aware, I'm here now. Cool, that's great. Mm. Uh, and it you almost wouldn't have the, known any different. Totally right. And so it was a lot of the emotional hardship, and the, all the other hardship was on you. Mm. And um, and so I'm really glad that it was a part of your story, and mm. uh, that that you could tell it because a you tell it better than I do, but b <laughs> um, yeah, it, it had it had that impact on you, and um, it is just as much, if not more, your story than it is mine. Mm. And yeah, sorry. No, I'm really glad you said that because my question was kind of related to that though. It was because you talked about your parents passing away mm. and then 
um, your story with Ethan, uh, and you said there was a lot of grieving in that time. I'm just wondering how were you, how, how did you manage to deal with that, and what do you think that God taught you through that? Like, because it would it's such difficult times, all of that. Um, and I, I, I and I'm like I think as Ethan's saying, I don't know if everyone at church knows that story. I know there are quite a few of us, but I don't think there's some others that didn't. So that's why I'm glad that you did tell that story. But yeah, what did that? What did you learn from that? So much having to deal with so much grief. Mm. I learned that I can't do it on my own. Mm. Uh, so I um, am naturally quite independent. Um, naturally, I don't need people. Actually, you know, relationships. You know, I mean, I, I'm kind of you know. What do they call it? Ambivert or something? Yeah. You know, in between extrovert and introvert. Okay. Uh, but um, I'm pragmatic enough, you know, I can kind of, you know, I, I don't, I can do stuff on my own. I change the light bulbs, don't you I? You do even? change the light bulbs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, girls can do anything, you know, that's, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I realised that actually you can't be an island when you're going through tough times. Mm. And, um, and, Nikki Wright uh, was a paramedic at the time and I remember her um, coming in and visiting me at the hospital and I was like, oh, I don't need you to come in and visit me. And um, she's like, yeah, well, I'm just going to. <laughs> and, uh, and I realised that, you know, by her impo- imposing herself on me, I actually, I did need that. Okay. And I did need, uh, you know, people did meals for me and I did need those meals. And, uh, and I realised that, yeah, I just realised I need... I need people and I, and I think I needed to let people into my life. You know, I think I was, um, again, relatively private, relative to, to Stuart, and I realised that I, I, I kind of needed to be a bit more open. Mm. Yeah. What did that look like for you? After, like what was different, you becoming more open? Maybe being willing to share with still certain people but willing to share um you know when i wasn't going as well perhaps mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm still not great at that am i ethan um but um yeah i gotta get it from somewhere <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry i was just <laughs> had you make that comment and i was like oh i don't know if that's true or not but um it's it's, it's, it's very true okay uh i don't know if i had a question after that So awkward pause. No, that's right. That's fine. Um, what we normally ask this question. Actually, I might skip. You do have a second son. I might skip to oh, him. That's not a good forget, point. Not forget. You mentioned this in the six-year gap. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, how is it going from um, working through all the stuff with Ethan? Obviously, the challenges that came along in, in between. I just want you to make sure I want people to hear the question between Elijah and Ethan as well how was then journeying into having a second child I was the worst hanging out with Elijah (laughs) I was the worst Ethan's yeah it sucked she hated it Um, (laughs) it was it was just us for a while and then um, and then this usurper comes along (laughs) your own personal fiefdom oh it was uh, we were we were we were fine you tell a story we were totally fine and then this kid comes along sitting there sad that no one was paying attention to you anymore (laughs) yeah actually genuinely that's like one of my earliest memories is Eli coming home and me being like absolutely gutted (laughs) oh because yeah you were like yeah it was six 
Yeah, six three, years. Yeah. This was we were we were we were a crew, and I had my <laughs> and I had my um, <laughs> my my wait staff in in mum and dad, but I'm just like chilling. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. every need. Uh, yeah. Is for me, yes. uh, which by then you were eating, yeah, was, which was helpful. Yeah, was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you didn't need a, the, the, no, the didn't feeding need to the tube by, by then. It was yeah, no, after two years. Yeah, no, actually, I, I, I will tell the story because it, it it leans into the maybe how similar I am to mum in my pragmaticness. But I was sad sitting at the bottom of the stairs when Eli got brought home, and. Uh, <laughs> um, like everyone's coming over and visiting and like giving Eli presents and I'm not getting any presents and like <laughs> it's such a bummer I'm not getting any attention and the like the extrovert in me is like why aren't all these people hanging out with me yep. and dad came over and sat down with me and he was like I, he said something inspiring and he remembers it better than I do like he remembers the words that he said um, but I do remember it being helpful and then me being like okay and then never being bummed about it again. No. It's like, yeah, cool. Sick. That, that checks out. He's cool. Let's yeah. go. And then we were friends again. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. Uh, From the parent perspective. Yes. From the parent perspective. Uh, so <laughs> we decided um, to try to have another um, baby after maybe three years. So we kind of ne- needed a bit of space. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then um, unfortunately we were back at Royal Women's because, yeah, because I couldn't. And, um, but yeah, eventually... Yeah, through some interventions, um, I did. So mm. I guess that was pretty um, bothersome for me because it was just yet another. Oh my goodness! Can can I just not have a? Yeah. You know, why is it so hard? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Can't it just be? You know, can't I just fall pregnant like other people fall pregnant? Or can't I have a baby? Norm, you know, and can't I have an easy time? Of it, yeah. and uh, so it was. Uh, it was frustrating. Mm. Yeah, um, but Elijah was born. <laughs> I thought you were like taking that part and also putting a Eli <laughs> in that. Just like it was all frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, two boys. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, difference in having such a big age gap. Uh, I think whether it's a big gap or a small gap, I think in the end it's about the relationship, um, like whether or not the, the, the kids have got similar personalities or, mm. or how they get on. One of the great advantages is that there's no competition between the two of them uh, because of their age gap maybe. Uh, although maybe some people with big age gaps, there's still competition. But, you know, like Ethan, you know, he achieved some, you know, School captain, vice captain, um, high school. Like there were some things that poor Elijah coming along six years later, uh, you know, he could have been particularly, um, you know, affected by, I guess. People knew Ethan's an extrovert, uh, but, uh, but you know, I think, I mean, you guys fought a few times, but three times, like, I don't know. <laughs> like three times. Like it's just. Yeah, like, I don't know. We, don't, we didn't fight. Someone with brothers, I'm like, yeah, three times before breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a minor miracle. In itself. <laughs> oh, we get cross at each other, but not very often. Yeah, yeah. just um, so I think it was it was great, but it was like for Elijah probably being an only child again, probably not again, yeah. but being an only child, yeah. I guess, like in the same way that Ethan was an only child for six years, because of the age gap, they could play a bit, but not really. So yeah, there was yeah. Um, and, but it did mean that I could focus. It wasn't so busy that I could imagine that, like, like you'd be experiencing with, you know, a close age gap. But not that's that close. But you know, it's it's 
busy. Whereas yeah. to have yeah, yeah. like a six-year-old and a baby, mm. like the six-year-old's very, you know, mm. self-reliant. Yes. And uh, so it's not like I'm looking after a two-year-old and a, and a zero-year-old. Yeah. Like it's, mm. yeah, it felt like, you know, you, I could get, it It, would, it helped with ministry. Like it mm. meant that I could, you know, mm. get on with doing the things that I was doing um, more easily than mm. if like they were, yeah. So there's certainly some, we know that everything's, there because God has planned for it to be there. So I know that, you know, my problems in my 20s, my, like, in terms of my personal, they, they were there to grow, to grow me. And um, they were there for me to be a stronger, more perseverant, um, more resilient person. And, um, yeah, and, you know, God, God knew that there were going to be a six-year age gap between the boys and, <laughs> and um, yeah. Is that how you felt like that at the time? knowing this is going to grow me or no. is it always on reflection yeah, it's, it's always on reflection and yeah. i think that's as i kind of reflect back i think you know i wish that i would be able i was during that time a bit more um uh, more trusting or more thoughtful that just because this is happening now it doesn't mean that it's always going to happen in the future mm. uh, it's funny I, how we do that isn't it yeah, yeah. Because I, I was just waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Uh, yeah. That defined me a little bit. Like, yeah, I was always waiting for that big, big next bad thing. Uh, it's just around the corner. Is that possibly why you went so open with people too? Because then you would have to share another bad thing and another yeah. bad thing. Yeah. yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Yep. And I think also being you know, the minister's wife or the yeah. youth minister's wife. You've got to have... I needed, I needed to have... Um, some privacy, I guess, yeah. and because um, you're fully present all the time with so many people, yeah, yeah, and and I'm I'm talked about, you know, I'm, I'm a bit my, my my nature is to control, not to control things badly. I don't think I'm a controlling person, no, no. Not at all. Um, but you know, I, I like with most people, like you know, most a lot of people anyway. You want to be in control, and uh, so like I think that that was something that I needed to learn about to be not as in control um, as, yeah. you know, to trust God in, in more things. Well, I, I think we, hopefully we're not repeating a question, but uh, tell me about the control thing. Mm. So, like, how have you let that go? And I think maybe sometimes I'm probably – sometimes I like it when guests say a little bit of things that I resonate with because I think I was probably more like that when I was younger as well. How, how, did that, how does it manifest itself and how do you like to – do you, you recognise it more often now and go, oh, maybe I can tone it down on, the, on certain things? Yeah, I think that... Uh, I think my... Like, I'm very organised and, um, and so, you know, I would want to ensure that I had every I dotted and T crossed and <laughs> I think that uh, sometimes that doesn't leave room um, for God to do his, his thing, I think, uh, and... Um, so how did it manifest? Um, you know, I googled everything to do with Ethan's hernia, um, with his issues. I would, uh, you know, want to make sure that you know I had everything planned. You know, my letters to the. And so I think that, like, I just if I, if I had control of it, then maybe I um, could. Um, you know, I don't know, feel better or something like that. I think that's why I did it. Uh, but I realised that I can't, you know, you can't be in control of things. Mm. Nobody can. And, um, yeah, so I just needed to, you know, it's still, because it's still part of my personality, you know, I, pl 
plan for my retirement. You know, I plan plan for my holidays. Like Stuart laughs at me because you know, our holidays are planned to the uh, you know, to the minute. Um, <laughs> you know, I can Google how long it'll take to go from you know the I don't know what is A it to B. A to B. And it'll be. I don't think that it'll, be, question, it'll be an hour and anyway. seven minutes. Yeah, I just asked you how does it manifest itself. You just told me a number of times <laughs> how it does. So you didn't answer the question. Yeah. One th- one thing that makes it very difficult um, to be with with being somebody who likes to control things, and you know, your wives will feel this, um, and that's being a minister's wife. And when things happen to you guys um, as part of your job and you work them through uh, but and you tell your wives so Stuart, Stuart will tell me but I didn't have an opportunity to work it through you know I don't resolve it with because it's not my job you know so he resolves it with you know person x and I can't resolve it with person x because I've got nothing to resolve it with obviously <laughs> it's not my issue um, but I'm still left with oh, that person was mean to my husband that mm. sucks and um, or this happened to to him and this circumstance happened to him and that's and I really don't like that and mm. uh, so that's that part of not actually having any agency um, in something that as in ministry you're so connected with like we all we're all doing our I know your beautiful wives are doing it in partnership with you guys I'm doing it in partnership with Stuart and uh, and so we're doing it together but yet as as a as the minister's wife as the pastor's wife um, you can't affect you can't impact some of those things um, because it's not your job. So, so that's something that is, is really hard. It's a, it's a real challenge. It would be, yeah. And you know what? One, one way in which I took back control was when I was in my 20s, I went on parish council, hey. for example, and I became a nominator. Yes. And uh, so that's a great example of like, <laughs> actually, <laughs> um, yeah, like I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's an example of me taking back control, not, a, not an example of how I've dealt with it. Um, but, um, but yeah, I went on parish council and, mm. and Adam and I, uh, we were a team together. We were the people that that fought for the budget for to make sure that there was the uh, staffing for the youth, staffing for the factory. That was like speak for myself. That was my job. I saw that as my job was to do that, and we did that. We did yeah. that year after year after year. You sure did. <laughs> did you have a question then? Oh, I was just like, it, it's more that that tension of like you're talking about how things in. Personally, were really hard as well, but then you also have that tension of ministry never really slows down and things are still happening. And I guess, yeah, you kind of answered that by saying how you kind of shifted a little bit and moved into parish council, things like that, and just moved it maybe. But like, yeah, how did you find that going from, like you said, you were doing stuff every single night mm. and you had Bible studies and, mm. and people over and band nights and solis and all these things, but then you've also now got um, family things that are really mm. hard at the same time. Mm. Like, how did you find that balance? Over the course of your twenties, uh, yeah. So, so this is now going, so transitioning into the thirties, I guess, when I had Elijah as well, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, I was, I felt comfortable that I could slide into something that was uh, where I was still ministering, I was still adding value, uh, but it was was something that I was able to do yeah. because you know, Stuart was out many nights of the week, and so I needed to get that balance, and you know, I, I needed to continue to. You know, I needed slash chose to continue to work. Uh, so parish council and being a nominator, 
so more being a parish councillor meant that I would be able to continue to add value. So, yeah, I mean, it still did, you know, we did Arvo. Uh, so there were still some really interesting things that we continued to do. Uh, we, you know, worked creatively how to get kids babysat on Saturday nights. Bev and Pete, mum, excuse, excuse mum and dad, helped a lot with that. So, st- you know, still did cooking and, you know, showed up heaps. Yeah. But, um, but I remember there was a, a Sunday when, Sunday night, when I stopped going to church a little bit because... Uh, like Elijah was just a little bit sad sometimes um, during church and whatever and um, so it was just a bit a bit of a struggle and I remember the minister at the time rang me and um, he actually said that um, why aren't you at church you're 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 a leader you're a parish councillor and uh, and I cried and actually I don't I don't like to cry in front of people and um but I think I was really, number one, disappointed that this person would say that to me. Yeah. And number two, uh, it was, and, but it was true, I hadn't been at church. And so two things, um, I went back, I went to church. Um, he apologised for being um, so inconsiderate um, because, I, you know, I think I said to him, I think that's pretty inconsiderate. Actually, these are the reasons why I haven't been going. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's what I needed. Yeah. So I needed to be told to, um, you know, to come, not to come back. I hadn't stopped, but, you know, there was just some, some weeks that I was probably being a bit inconsistent. Um, not because of all the things that were going on, probably more just, um, yeah, the challenges of having, you know, taking a young kid to church yeah. at night time at 7 o'clock at night because yeah. church, night church was 7 o'clock at night. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe we used to go to church that late. Yeah, yeah, I know. Blows my mind. Because then we'd go hang out afterwards too. Yeah, like it was, it was late, man. Yeah. You'd go to bed at like midnight or something, and you'd already yeah. done solis the night before, yeah. which was like go home at midnight, one a.m. something like that. Yeah. You say, Ethan, do you have something? No. Oh, no, you I gave sh- me the look that I, I thought no, you no, had something. I disagree with you. That's ludicrously late. Um, <laughs> Is that a is that a pun? Ludic- ludicrously no, late. <laughs> I like alliteration. No, oh, you can go with Lou. <laughs> Did you only just yeah? Lou's ludicrous. I think just ludicrous. Late. Maybe I, I think I just call you ludicrous, like ludicrous. the rapper. Like the rapper. <laughs> <laughs> what um, transitioning to your thirties? Yes. What's your career like? Because you're a bit of a you're a bit of a big cooner these days. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> I was a, I was a less of a big kahuna back then. No, oh, yeah. I'm not a small big kahuna. kahuna. Yeah, you're a small kahuna. Uh, I was very fortunate to get a job um, in. Kahuna, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always worked in manufacturing, and I was fortunate to get a job in the Southern Shire. Um, actually, where Bunnings is, there mm. used to be a oh. steel manufacturing company there for um, ever. Was was called Armco, That's and uh, so basically, what they manufactured was guardrail. Is Armco barriers? Armco right? barriers. Yeah. Oh, All the guardrails around that. roads. Yes, that's Is right. it called Armco? Th- yes, yeah. yeah. That, that's kind of like the, yeah. Oh, I don't know, like the. Um, it's like when they say like I'm going to go Hoover something. Yeah, exactly. That's but Hoover's the brand. Or a band aid yeah, right. or a Panadol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so we made um, guardrail there, and uh, so there was a uh, presses, and there was um, big galvanising plant, galvanising things. So there was hydrochloric, you know, big vats of hydrochloric acid, and mm. and which they dip it in or whatever, don't yeah, they? Dip yep. it in, yeah, yep. because it becomes a sacrifice sacri- for the um, the zinc that they then put in, and or, oh. and um, anyway, so they did that there. Then they, uh, so I was there as their HR manager and safety manager for, uh, and so I worked there and they mo- we moved to Minto. So I was Minto for six years, uh, so for 16 years. Wow. So I was their HR manager and then from there, yeah. Um, at the same time that we started um, Sorrow Bible Church that same year, uh, I moved and I worked for Zip oh, now. I didn't know it was in the same year that we started yeah. Sorrow Bible. Okay, yep. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a good year. It was a year we started Sorrow Bible Church. Um, we bought a Mazda, we bought a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I know, all, the, all the big things, all hey? The big things. All Amazda, the big things. A Mazda, it's always on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Within the same I weekend. I do like that Mazda. Because <laughs> right Zeke's car. Yeah, I was going to say, you still got it, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, I got, and I got a new job. Well, After 16 years, so it's pretty significant. Wow. So you're at Zip now, is that right? I am, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, you're like the director of HR, right? I am. Worldwide? That is my title. Is it worldwide? Uh, worldwide. It's, it's so like Mr. Zip worldwide. is worldwide, worldwide. but you know, um, but it's owned by a larger organisation, and ah, I'm not okay. in charge of the larger organisation. Okay, that yes. makes sense. So They're for like, Australia, though, for Australia, there's about um, was a thousand, you know, seven hundred to a thousand employees, depending if you include the UK, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's great, it's a good job, <laughs> love it. Yeah, I can tell Being that you do, like, you do enjoy years, it. Yeah, years. that's cool. Uh, you spoke about that you got that job at the same time as Sorrow Bible Church. Yeah. Can we talk about plan- what planning a church is like? So you've gone through like starting a ministry at Guymer Anglican yep. and then all the difficult stuff that you talked about. And then obviously there's a, the difficult period of leaving Guymer Anglican, which has been your home for a long, long time, mm. and then starting a church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your perspective? Because again, like we said, we, we often hear Stu's perspective on that stuff, but what is your perspective on... First of all, like, what did you think you were going to do once uh, you left Gaimir? Was it immediately thought again? Oh, let's plant a church, or was that that later? <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not sorry. You wouldn't have said let's plant a church. You would have said, were you even thinking of that, or were you, like, because I know that um, the bishop invited us to plant mm. a church. So, is that what you were thinking of doing, or you're like, oh, good, we get to have a break from yeah. doing ministry? <laughs> No, I was thinking that. <coughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I think that. Yeah, I, th- I think the process by which you know we, we left Gaimir was, was sad. Mm. Uh, just um, another story that I think Stuart gasps at, um, which is um, <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> which is shocking to think that there's something that Stuart gasps at. It's not really <laughs> such a big deal. I'm <laughs> overstating it. Uh, but I'm um, just going back to that control thing. Uh, was that so? So so Stuart was the one who who you know lost his job or stopped working at Gomer Anglican Church. Uh, but and, and Matt, but the but it obviously had impact on Lauren and myself. Yeah. But we again we couldn't do anything about that. And so uh, my way of claiming back control over this situation was um, on that um, Sunday morning was to wear black a black dress. So, <laughs> I know, it's so lame. But, um, but Stu's Stu shocking it. because he's like, don't do it. Yeah. And I did it. Yes. And um, so there's not very many times that, that I think that's ever happened in our, in our marriage. Uh, but it, it was, um, it was yeah, and Lauren did it too. So we, we both wore um, 
you know, they're pretty pretty black frogs. Uh, but you know, we wore a black frock to um, to this that Sunday morning. Are they from service. the Q sale? Yeah, probably. No, it was a, it was a Dangerfield one actually. Okay. Nice one. Uh, yeah. So um, I don't know. I just think it's, it was exciting. I think I like I, I like the idea of starting afresh. Mm. Um, you know, I think that I felt like I needed something new. You know, I think I, I just you know if, if I saw that. Which I love the church, um, that bright fuchsia panelling in that church any longer. Um, you know, I think it was kind of time. We tried mm. you know, different things. We we were in the morning service by then. Um, yeah, it was. I was excited to to start afresh. So we talked about the challenges. Like there was obviously hard times, challenges, sad leaving Gaimi, and big, and financial pressures and things going on at that time, but. We've also spoken a lot about joy over the course of Soul Revival. What are some yep. like the joyful moments mm. you remember about starting the church plan and, and starting something new? Yeah. Mm. Uh, wow. My house, uh, 30 people yeah. in my house. That's exactly what I thought of just then. Yep. So fun. Yeah. Just, just designing something. It is so cool. It is so cool to go, okay, well, where are we going to – are we going to meet in a hall? Are we going to meet in a park? Uh, are we going to do meals? Are we not going to do meals? Like, it was just so fun. It was such, an, such a privilege. How many people have that opportunity to design a, a church? Yeah. Really, it's once in a lifetime that you – because most, most people, I reckon 99% of people – they go to a church that's been there for, for you know, for years. Yeah. And uh, so to be able to, and, and with your friends, to yeah. do it with a whole group of people that are as passionate and as committed uh, to it as what you are, mm. oh, like, that's that's just a, a, such a blessing. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, as soon as you asked that question, Brian, I thought of sitting in your house in the lounge room going, we're doing this, and I think it was really... It was really special, but it also felt like, oh yeah, we we know how to do this. Yeah. That's that's my perception of it. Yeah. Was that oh like we didn't expect to have to do this, but like we've kind of been doing it yeah. for a long time, and yeah. we we're just trying. How do we translate that into a whole church? Yeah, rather than just being on a Saturday night. Which we, and I remember even when we were like, well, what night do we meet on? <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> like everyone's like, oh, we could do on Sundays, and I was like, well, we've just been doing Saturday night forever. Why don't we just <laughs> do that again? <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot of assumptions that we were able to do quite quickly. I think I don't know if yes. that's your your oh, thought, thoughts agree. as well. I think that there's a lot of advantages to Stuart and I being in our forties. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and 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 you guys being where you guys were, and and your experience, but the fact that actually it's new, but it's not brand new. Yeah, and that's that's a good way. So. And and the you know the challenges of working through it, they're new, but they're not the first time that we've had to deal with these things. And so it just makes it a bit easier mm. uh, because of that. Yeah. And mm. yeah, I reflect on church planting. If you hear about it at College Braden, but you know, I'm on uh, one of the committees, the Anglican committees I'm on is called Evangelism in New Churches. And that's all about church planting. And so we often talk about it. And uh, it's and, and it, and such a challenge because generally they're people that haven't done it before. Yeah. Uh, but the privilege that, that Stuart and I had was that we had grown something before. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 Stuart is so amazing with structures, and he thinks he thinks in structures uh, as well as thinking relationally. So he's very very gifted. Uh, it's it's unusual, I think, for somebody to have the the, the capability to to be both. 
to be structured. Mm. And because people think sometimes he's a bit organic, but he's so not. <laughs> like he's so he's so well thought through and so intentional, and he's relational relational all at the same time, uh, which is just yeah incredible. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that the trend like that approach that Stu has or the, those two gifts that you said, like that's what makes it look organic, but it, it, it isn't. It, it has the appearance of being organic, like you're saying, but then mm. it, there's so much thought. In, and I think it lends itself to like so much divergent thinking, like that guardrails you talked about, like within certain parameters, but the divergent thinking is... And I suppose that's probably what maybe excited you as well, is that... Because we even talked about, uh, like, we're almost broken up your life into decades here. Like, you talked about your teenage years and then yeah. your 20s was building your career and also building in, in ministry. And then 30s is just kind of establishing that. And then it was like, you're in your 40s, basically, for Soul Revival Church. And then you, like, redo your whole, that those two things, but you redo them all again, which is mm. kind of, just kind of an interesting pattern, mm. that's all. Mm. Uh, that's just an yeah. observation more yeah. than anything else. What is the thing that stood out to you the most, do you think, like I know we talked about it's exciting to be taking some, but I asked you before about a specific example of originally establishing Soul Revival Ministry. What about establishing Soul Revival Church? Was was it like the launch day or was it when... Yeah, you know, we really started to grow or what what is your enduring memory? Mm, probably like an Easter Sunday mm-hmm. and just looking at uh, all of those people at at Swallow Rock and just thinking, man, these guys weren't together, you know, five years ago or six years ago, you know. Uh, and there are so many people <laughs> and and I, you know, I know the names of most of those people, and uh, and yeah, I think that's probably one of the enduring mm-hmm. memories that I have. And and of course, in the baptisms that that that, that we do, um, like, how amazing is that? So yeah. What uh, I had the similar reaction to when we did the thirtieth anniversary last year was just like all the uh, paraphernalia, yeah, <laughs> if that's the right word, like all the stuff that we kept as cultural artifacts yeah. over the so many years and just like I like I kind of came in at the 20 year mark like the 20 year mark 10 years for Soul Revival yeah. and I'd been around for kind of 20 which is like really really yeah. special yeah. and to see oh there's all that stuff beforehand but I was part of all this and I think that we kind of continue that on in planning the church mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't an intentional thing but it just ended up happening that way there's just oh we're going to keep and I think like even doing this podcast is kind of a way of doing that like we're now up to episode 100 like there cool. is before this one there's 99 episodes of primarily me banging on <laughs> about, <laughs> about this kind of stuff though and I think that's really special and I think uh, you're a really big part of that Lou so I'm not wrapping up the episode but I was just had to say yeah I think you're a uh, a foundational part of that and I think this is the longest conversation we've ever had so I appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> we just need a microphone between yeah. us so yeah, that, and then right. that will we'll do it on zoom yeah <laughs> um, if you have a favourite son um, <laughs> blink blink once uh, if it's me blink twice <laughs> you only put yourself as 
God. She's never going to blink. Gonna blink <laughs> She's never going to blink again. I thought that was really important to capture on camera, but she's got a, got away from us. So would you... <laughs> oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal how old you are if I ask this question. Because <laughs> so, like, what would you... What would you turn? Are you fifties yet? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh I was like, so I don't want to be rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to be rude, but okay. So, what are you terming the fifties generate uh, decade as then? So yeah. you had twenties was Sorvel Ministry, thirties is becoming a mum, and the second year, the second decade of that, forties is planning a church. Yeah. What about fifties? Yeah, doubling up. Oh, yeah. yes. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> say it might have been my idea. Anyway. Um. <laughs> there we go. We need, we need like a post credit scene, like a, like a series of cuts that was just you saying things that were your idea. It'd be so good. <laughs> 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, this, it was commitments, it was white leaders, it was. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, just the. the Whatever happens in in um, in 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 the next ten years, I, I was just just really really excited just to see you know it just growing even more mm. than mm. what it's done. So that's what I'd like to see. Mm. Yeah, unreal. Is there any other questions you guys have before we ask the uh, final question? Uh, both looking at me. Oh, because you're in the middle. That's <laughs> <Okay>. all. <laughs> so much pressure. Um, I guess just like obviously. Moving, like running Soul Revival Church and like being a big part of it has been a big thing over the last 10 years. And like Joel said, like we had a fun celebration of that mm-hmm. last year. Um, do you have any like big memories that jump out from that time of, yeah, just basically being a church? Like we talked about setting it up and mm. now it's kind of been a big thing for a little while. Like do you have any good memories from mm. that time period? Um, I've got a, a memory of. Elijah reading the Bible when he was maybe seven on a stool. Maybe it was at Christmas time or something. I think I I remember that. Uh, I remember uh, Ethan's first sermon. Mm. I think that it's such a, a, you know, it's so amazing to do church as a family and uh, and to have two boys becoming men who are men uh, who who are walking with God. And yeah, I think that that so so. I think just to see, you know, my family there to see Stu's mum and dad, um, you know, Katie come um, Ethan's wife Katie coming along, um, Katie's mum and dad coming along, yeah. just um, you know, just the, the family part of it. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's really really important. Like a new generation kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think that actually yeah. just seeing people that next generation of you know. People having babies and, and then these children like Ted and mm. um, who were, you know, OG kids who are young adults and, or who, no, not quite yet, but, you know, they're yeah. just, they're, they're getting older mm-hmm. and uh, just to think, wow, I guess there's always a fear with church planting. Is it, is it going to continue yeah. beyond the, the launch team? Yeah. And, uh, and like as the years go by, you think, yeah, it will. You know, there, mm. there, there really is. Um, it, it is sustainable, mm. and and um, and so that's what I'm really excited about. But um, that just didn't answer your question. But um, oh, but no, yeah. cool. <laughs> um, quick aside, you mentioned Eats first sermon. People would normally attribute Stu being a great public speaker oh, yes. to Ethan's maybe 
growing public speaking skills and sermon skills, but I know the real wizard behind the curtain <laughs> is you, Luke, mm. um, in terms of public speaking. Um, what would be your tips yes. for public speaking? What have you passed on and yes. taught Ethan that you can then enlighten the rest of us with? Yes. Yeah. Um, the five Ps, Ooh. which is uh, preparation prevents... Oh. Poor performance, that's oh, four, but yeah, there's okay. a yeah. naughty one in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's another. You missed the one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. um, good structure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We love a good structure. We love don't a good we? structure. Um, we love a bookend. We love a book. I was waiting for that one. Like, yeah, we love this a bookend. Awesome. I think it's what the punters like. <laughs> yeah, they love, the, they love a bookend. Yep. It's always about bringing it back to the. Hey, so, what's, a, what's an example of a bookend, though? What's an example of a bookend? When, when, when you kind of close something with what you used at the start right. and it wraps that up nicely. Mm. Does that? Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yep. yep. And, uh, and yeah, something that moves. moves mm. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I must say, like I don't think we, we've story, ever yeah. talked about uh, pr- doing sermons, but, uh, but in terms of actually a good... So the oh, context there is that Ethan yeah. was an effective um, public speaker and, yeah. uh, and yeah, so we would um, very... Still is. ...diligently and very conscientiously, uh, <laughs> we would practice that would. quite a lot. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of the, a lot of the manner and uh, a lot of the, the, those things, like structure and, and all yeah. that stuff, like that all comes from uh, how I was very effectively trained. <laughs> Mm. Quite disciplined. Yeah, Yeah, it's a bit of a discipline. Yeah, it was a discipline. And it's it's a skill that can actually be worked and figured out. Like Mm. it's not just a, like I think there's probably a bit of natural stuff in there because I can talk a lot, but I think a lot of it has been, yeah, a lot of discipline. Uh, as someone who's done a few things up front <laughs> in front of people, yeah. I think, not, not public speaking, I didn't enjoy public speaking that much, but I find it interesting that when I've done like MC um, weddings and stuff, is that people actually want you to do well. Mm. And they're often, and that p- preparation actually pays off quite a bit. But they, like everyone sees this person go out the front and you know how the kind of thing is like when you get out the front, you're nervous because like I'm in front of all these people, what are they going to think? But if you can do some of those things that you're talking about, everyone goes, oh, I'm so glad they got up the front and, and said something. Totally. It's, in, it's an interesting dynamic yep. that people are so scared of it. And I still am. But like you're so scared of it. People actually just, as long as you do like a reasonable job, people aren't going to go, he sucked. Yep. Like, <laughs> you know, it's obvious when you suck, but if you are reasonably well prepared, then it, yep. totally. Yeah. For all those people who think about doing public speaking and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. listening. Yeah. Helps when you've got a home crowd. Does this is true? That is probably why I was more encouraged to keep doing things at the front. There was a yeah a reasonable home crowd yeah for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, shall we ask the final question? Yeah. Um, what is something uh, that you wish you knew as a as a do you know now that you wish you knew as a younger Christian? Checks notes. Check notes. <laughs> um, yeah. No, knowing that this is what you'll ask to think about this one in, in advance. Yeah. Uh, so I think I sh- – so, so there's a song that I really like um, and it's uh, a Cat Stevens song called Wild World and I wish I had paid more attention to that mm-hmm. rather than to the words of that, rather than to actually the um, – you know, the nice tune catchy and it's melody. the catchy <laughs> melody. <laughs> I sing along. <laughs> I wish I had them just sung along. Um, and it's, 
it said it goes baby it's a wild world it's hard to get by upon a smile and so i um i remember uh you know working at the bank and smiling and thinking you know not knowing what much what to say but if i just smiled then you know i could get away with that um you know i I, I spent a lot of my time kind of smiling my way through things, but that's just kind of one part of it. But I kind of guess I thought that the world would be gentler. Okay. And I don't think I was prepared for how tough the world, how tough tough um, the road ahead was going to be when I was younger. And uh, I think I was kind of, you know, I guess just everybody is, I guess, naive and you know, kind of optimistic and, and uh, you know, sometimes I wish I had, you know, that doctor that I talked about, the obstetrician, who said, okay. you know, your pregnancy could be really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wish I had that in my ear, somebody saying, uh, oh, I kind of did. I had, I remember, so Stu's dad is a great, you know, he's, he's fabulous and I met him, you know, as a young person and the thing that he used to say to me all the time was love. Um, love Christians are going to let you down this is what's going to happen because they're imperfect but keep your eyes on Jesus because he won't Mm. now that was an amazing foundation and that kind of has kept me from being bitter and twisted um, over the years uh, because you know I know that Jesus will never let me down but I guess I just kind of thought that um, you know that, that proverbs of the rain falls on the good and the bad I kind of wish I'd, I'd known that a bit more and then I wouldn't have mm. been so surprised, I mm. think. Like I think Peter, uh, dad, Stu's dad helped me with the Christians are going to suck. Mm. <laughs> they're going to, they're gonna, not all Christians, obviously, they're very lovely. But, you know, you're going to have some mm. tough times with people. But I don't think I was prepared for that. Generally, there's going to be tough times. Mm. Okay. And, um, and that, so I think that, I think that, um, but what, it, what it's meant that is that I have developed with that perseverance. Mm. And I think that's really, really important. That's really cool um, because I've grown within perseverance, but I just don't think I realised how much perseverance that I needed. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting way to finish it. The, yeah, you, we're going to need more perseverance. But that's like so much of the story is that, is like God teaching you more and more perseverance, hey? Mm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's been, I don't know what else to say to that. Really, I think I think you are. It is, when every time we have someone on the podcast and then they say God taught me that, you go, yeah, that makes total sense. Like when that's why I, we eventually put that question in the end because some people are like I don't know how to answer that, but then we go over their life and then they tell us the answer to that and they go, oh yeah, that's what God's been doing right. throughout my whole life without me even knowing it sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think that's, um, it's really special and I think it's been really special having you on and, uh, yeah, I, this is even better than I thought it would be. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for (laughs) preparing a little bit. So there wasn't such poor performance. Five P's. Five P's. P's. But I think. Five P's. Um, (laughs) there's a, there's a few P's. I do want to say again though, uh, God does everything through Sorrow Bible Church, but you are a key, you are absolutely a key foundational member of it. And uh, thank you. Thank you. I'll leave it at that. You, any final words from you boys? Oh, just thank you so much, Lou, for coming on and sharing and being like really open and also just all the things <coughs> that you do 
behind the scenes, in front yeah. of the scenes, wherever. Like yep. I just, yeah, very aware of the awesome things that you do and mm. um, yeah, very encouraged by it. And a quick aside, like it is the 100th episode. Mm. So I'll just quickly say, this is crazy. It's very, it's been very fun <laughs> being on the amount. I forgot about that. But also, like, thank you to everyone who's been on. Yeah, yeah. So we've Huge. had, I don't know, probably eighty, high eighties amount more, of people, yeah. if not yeah. ninety people on, across the course of like across Soul Revival and all our gatherings, and mm. lots of people have been very keen and, um, or maybe not as keen and come on anyway and shared their story, <laughs> which has been. They've persevered through Yeah, which has been massively <laughs> encouraging. And, yeah. Um, yeah, the amount of people that come up and chat and say how good, how much they enjoy hearing other people's stories mm. and encouraging things or people who have only know each other through listening to this and getting to know people that they wouldn't have met at other campuses or stuff. So mm. I think I'll just, yeah, take a quick opportunity to say thank you to everyone mm. who's come on. Thank you blokes for organizing it and mm. having a lot of fun doing it and uh, thank you to Eck as well for yeah. the hard work that he does behind the scenes and yeah, massive. doing a lot of the editing so yeah. yeah it's been a ball here's to the next hundred you yeah that's right i think uh like your point about that is that we we persevered through it and i think like a lot of loose story has been talking about that so but we also do everything as a family and as a friendship group we do but i so think that like but the idea is it because we persevere together as a family yeah. i think that's what's really special and i think that again came out a lot in loose stories that we've yeah. that you talked about so many different aspects of like the family of what church means whether it's your immediate family extended family or church family i think yeah that's really really special how god works through that mm-hmm. it's really cool mm-hmm. Heath, i want to echo everything that's already been said um uh, yeah, with the hundred stuff, like yeah, thanks to everyone. Thank you, Braden. Yes, we didn't say thank you to you. Legend. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I like. I have a unique opportunity to not just be thanking Lou, but thanking my mum. Yeah, I think it's it's really cool, and I think so much of the man I am now is because of you, mm-hmm. and um, and like as you have told your story more and more throughout that. I was like, yeah, like that's why I am the way I am. (laughs) Um, Or I was there in that. And I remember that like, and I felt that. um, And yeah, so that was, it's been a really lovely opportunity to sit on the podcast with you and, Mm. uh, and hang out. And um, yeah, I love you very much. Mm. That's very nice. Because we started this podcast in experiment. Totally. Didn't we? There is the lost episode that Ethan and I did to begin with, just to do something random. Yeah. yeah. But then we we did one together when it was it was during COVID lockdowns, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? I think yeah, so. I think so. The yeah, first so. I think the first, yeah, the first, yeah, the first lockdown. So, yeah. thank you again. I'm going to say thank you to Brian and Ethan for encouraging me and us to do it. I think it's been really, it's been very rewarding for me to hear everyone's stories and how God is just working through everyone in the church. And I think in some sense it's brought a lot of people across our gatherings together. It's funny when people come up to me and go, oh, I feel like I've been talking to you this week because they've been listening <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> okay, that's a bit weird. <laughs> but um, I can understand that as well. But I think it's been thank you to also to our leadership at church to be able to allow mm. us to do it as well. So uh, final thank yous. Thank you, Braden. Thank you, Ethan. And thank you, of course, to Lou. And thank you to everyone listening. Yes, that thank too. you. And uh, I sometimes have to explain this, but I don't think I have to do that, this with you, Lou. So we finish with the one way. So let's do that. One way. One way.